I'm a charismatic front man with great eyebrows and a mysterious sexuality. Radio X. <laughs> Russell Brand. Right, now I'm glad this has come up. <laughs> Radio X. You are listening to the Russell Brand podcast, which I do in affiliation with Radio X. I mean, this is additional content. This is all new. You're going to get 20 minutes of brand new stuff. Or maybe you're going to get a whole radio show out of it as well. And what a radio show it was. With me is, of course, Matt Morgan. All right, Matthew? Hello, Russell. And Mr. G. Hello, Russell. We did well, didn't we, on the radio show? There was no chaos, no madness? Very, very well. We skirted the line quite nicely. There's a moment where my dog, I think, tried to savage someone. Or the moment where you suggested that doctor's daughter, it may not be her first wedding. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Yeah. Why did I say that, I wonder? Because my own experiences... With you just luckily, sort of talked yourself into a cul-de-sac. Of, she was so yeah. elated from the post-event, you know, high, mm. that she didn't even notice that. Dr. Who, Pam's who's still elated? Like, if she was drinking that much, like she was saying, surely she should have been all depressed and moribund. I think some people don't get depressed after a night out. Like, and also maybe she's overwhelmed primarily by the glory and joy, Pam Steer, anthropologist who came on to talk to us about Spur. alpha males, beta males. And Spur. What did I call her? Steer. 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 <laughs> That's not her. Pam Spur. I remember her from before because Pam Spur sounds like a nice word in itself, doesn't it? But it sounds like Pam's purr. Mm. Pam Spur. And there was also, sorry about this apple, and uh, Justin Underpants. Like dirty. Just, right. Justin oh. Little Pants. When we were talking about um, being in a, uh, the West Ham changing rooms, I, I talked about um, Justin Littlepants. I said uh, I saw Mark Noble, West Ham captain Justin Littlepants, and Matt said it sounds like a person. <laughs> Justin West Ham captain Justin Littlepants. <laughs> that was one of my favourite moments. can't just do funny things from the show that they're just about to hear. All right. Or is this before or after now? We don't riddle me this. Okay, how about a brand new thing What I've not even discussed before? Student... In Darth Vader costume sparked armed police alert at US school. So a child came to school dressed as Darth Vader and the police came and went, oh no, it's Darth Vader. All of that stuff's real. <laughs> a Sith Lord with evil intent, the most evil person in the universe. I mean, it would be terrifying for a moment. Officers arrived at Ashwalburn High School in Wisconsin after a parent called to say they'd seen someone walking through the back door carrying a bag wearing what looked like body armour and a mask. I mean, I suppose from a distance, Darth Vader's pretty scary and given like... A school in America is a place where there's likely to be incredible, terrifying violence. Did he have, did he have a lightsaber? That would, you would think, undermine the threat if yeah. someone's got sort of a big, daft light. Because a lightsaber does look like an erect dog's winkle. Yeah. It doesn't. It does in a way. Wait till Bear comes back, because Bear, my dog, has just gone out of the room. If he come, if that walk's gone well, and you see his he'll little... Come, he'll come back lightsabered up. back from a walk erect. Sometimes he comes back with his mini-milk. In fact, it's more of a livid colour than that. It's more lurid. Well, it's long. It's long. It's thin. <laughs> <laughs> and it got, like, um, sometimes it looks absolutely delightful. And the way he tends to it... You've touched that, don't you? By mistake a couple of times yesterday. And like, and like, but when, like, when he licks it, he does it with such love and grace. Yeah, he licks it. And he does it, like, he doesn't do it just like, oh, well, better get on with the job. Nor does he do it with the sort of um, ca- cavalier sexuality. He does it like as if he's yeah. listening to Lady in Red by Krista Berg. <laughs> Never seen you looking so gorgeous as you did tonight. Maybe he thinks it's a separate entity that just hangs onto his fur down there. (laughs) It's a little stowaway. There's the old stowaway. When I lick you, it feels nice in my tummy. (laughs) You give me real good feedback, stowaway. When I lick you, you cuddle me a man, (laughs) Sarge. I think he does. I think he thinks he's got a cuddly stowaway. So uh, maybe that Darth Vader threat would have been less menacing had the Darth Vader child... 
Uh, I lent on my phone and Siri to. started talking. What did Siri start saying to you? I don't. I don't have nothing Matt to do Morgan, about. I didn't understand that. But I never use Siri. It's completely useless. I, I don't think... use Siri. I'm not using that other new thing that there is now that's going to be around your house where you can just shout, "Buy me some donuts," and they come with some <laughs> lattes and through the window. I'm scared of that. I don't yeah. want them all. Alexa, or is it or something? Yeah. That's Alexa. right. Yeah, I, I don't think it's good. Uh, well, when you're like when you were little and you think, "Oh, look, a talking like." You know, that would be an amazing thing when you were a kid. Like, you can say to your phone, oh, how old's Mick Jagger? And it will tell you. Will it? Right? It will, yeah. Go on, then. Mm-hmm. Ask it how old Mick Jagger is. It's like Knight Rider, isn't it? What's this? Kit. Yeah. How old's Mick Jagger? Up. All right, sorry. Now it says, horses, do you shut up? <laughs> yes, we do. Now we do again, shut up, Because I've horses. said it twice. Hang on a minute. Let me start wild, this again. Wild, wild horses. Do you have to say Siri or just... Say yeah. Siri. Yeah. Address her correctly. Talking. Look, sorry. everyone be quiet while I do this. <laughs> right. Right, and no one talking. Tell again. her I'm here. <laughs> she remembered me from my phone. <laughs> Siri, how old is Mick Jagger? <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> Don't call her that, mind you. She's genderless. She's real. genderless. She's genderless. Uh, um. He's genderless. <laughs> Shim genderless. Siri, how old is Mick Jagger? Come on, Siri. You can do it. She's listening to you. 73. Have that. Wow. Hey, she actually knows how old Jagger is. You're not so dumb after all, Siri. Why not? So maybe Jagger is 73. But can't, why, why don't they get Siri to answer the, the unanswerable questions? Because well, I mean, you can you find can. out. They've programmed it. If you say, like, what's the meaning of life, she'll go, oh, well. Well, that's, that's a bit of a tough one, Matt yeah. Morgan. And if you sort of start swearing, why don't you F yourself in your A-pipe? She'll go, I don't think that's very wise, sir. Yeah. Like, why don't you... You wipe yourself in your own A-pipe. I'm busy. I've got a lot to do. It's Mick Jagger's birthday coming up any minute. <laughs> My point was, it's amazing. We're living in the future. It's completely pointless and annoying. I loathe it. Tomorrow's World's coming back. Tomorrow's World. And with that, he oh, left. God. <laughs> You'll not see me again. I'm first in line for the gig. But when you watch Tomorrow's World F now, off. none of it ever happened. What? I know. No, I won't get Tomorrow's World. Of course I won't. Mind you, if no one's going to have cake for the gig. No. Of course not. No one's giving me tomorrow's world. No, it's coming back then. You seem like an insider. Mate, mate, I'm plugged in and I the world of TV. Listen, they don't bring back tomorrow's world without a phone call. Well, Brandy, <laughs> Brandy, fancy presenting tomorrow's so, world. So, um, what would you present that? Hello. The future's going to be ever so nice. I'm talking to Elon Musk. It's something that won't be in it. <laughs> it's the jet bike we never got. It's this laser gun. It's a robot. What did it wear in autumn? Surrey, how much for an F up the A pipe? Barely worth and tomorrow's knowing. world never predicted the internet. Yeah, what did it? I mean, what's the point of a tomorrow's world if it didn't basically predict the main thing? You're Six all going to have phones. Things from tomorrow's world which actually happened. Go on. What did it predict? One you? mobile phones. It did not. Two predict. school computers. It never. Predict? That's just a place Anyone that a computer that. is. Laser eye surgery? You didn't see that coming. No. <laughs> That's a traditional joke. It's, 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 it's a clever joke, but I didn't mean it. It just happened naturally. Brilliant. Like, You're so plugged in. It. I should have just taken that. Plastic gardens? Well, who's got a plastic garden? The executive toy. Computerised banking. That's pretty obvious, wasn't it? That's it. That's so it. they haven't done very well there. What a waste of time. What a waste. What a bunch of wasters. Now, tomorrow's World 2 is going to be brilliant. Oh, Jenny's brought the dog back. Let's see if he's packing his lightsaber. Well, have a glimpse. Don't uh, don't Why compromise his dignity. Go for a walk? But is he turned on? Is he ready for action? Why won't you check him? Right, if he's not turned on now, if someone will just do a little erotic dance. 
<laughs> well, he's All the men come in these places bare. Yes, they do. All those men, they act the same. I'm a sexy dancer. I'm dancing so well, sexy. He's gone back inside his body. <laughs> <laughs> he's crying. He's feeling very morose. Um, okay. Uh, Austin couple file for divorce to include their shared girlfriend. A married couple with three children are filing for divorce so their shared girlfriend won't feel left out. Christina and Ben O'Kaiser have been married 12 years, are in an open relationship with 21-year-old Sierra Kuntz. I'm pr- pronouncing that Kuntz, but you could pronounce very it otherwise. Careful. By divorcing and one of them then marrying Kuntz, they plan to give her legal rights to the children. Christina and I decided this was something that needed to be done in order for Sierra to understand the depth of how much we love her and we wanted to be part of the oh, family. Yeah. The thing is, right? That's I've what's ruined the marriage, this. isn't it? No, it's basically a threesome and they're kids, but she's got no legal rights over the kids because she's just a person who lives in their house. So they're going to divorce, and so that they've all got custody of the children. I think, it's, I think it's a tax thing, man. They're doing something dodgy. Is Sierra going to stay with one of the two of the p- people? She's part, like they're, they have a three way marriage. That's not going to work. But she's 21. That's what they She's 21. It. So how long have they been going out with her? <gasps> Uh-oh. Hang on. Uh-oh. Hang about, Uh-oh. you Uh-oh. dirty cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a sec. So are they, but neither one of them, Christina and Benno, the couple, is going to end up with Sierra Kuntz. Yes, yeah, Sierra Kuntz is... He's staying with Benno or Christina. She's living like that. No, they're they're only divorcing on paper. She, she's a fin yeah, They're getting a divorce. They're not getting divorced. We can't afford they're doing a, a legal divorce so that they can I don't know yeah but after the divorce is Benno or Christina going to stay with Sierra could you be in a three way marriage no it's hard enough being in a one way one isn't it two way sorry (laughs) (laughs) truth but it, it, it's like no I wouldn't like it I tried once I went on a holiday with two women it it wasn't good what I went on holiday with two women I explained to each of them look would you like to come on a romantic holiday there was going to be that wasn't a marriage was it no, it weren't, so mate. Does it didn't good. even last a week. I had to send them both home. But that does sound good. It should have been, but it didn't because reality of, crept in. Like housekeeping, keeping them. Was no, because that... a hotel, it should have been all nice. But what happens is, is you think you can live in a world of sustained erotica, but actually you can't yeah. because human beings are emotional and spiritual and complex and hedonism. Like, you know that William Blake quote, the uh, road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom? Mm. And that wisdom Which is, is... complete nonsense, it, isn't it? Well... Only no. if the wisdom is stop doing that excess. It's not like, oh, it's good here in the palace of wisdom. Well, I thought it meant take loads of drugs and then yeah. you'll end up much cleverer. Yeah, but I, I think what it, I think what Blake meant now, having taken loads of drugs, is the, by taking loads of drugs, you realise that taking loads of drugs isn't the answer, nor is any other form Can't of excess. The, take all these drugs and you'll be blessed with insight. And the insight is don't take, take drugs, drugs, kids. Yeah. And also, though, but the indulgence and hedonism in themselves. But indulgence and hedonism is merely materialism amplified. And everyone is living on some version of yeah. if I get this right. house, this job, these shoes, that that thing we want, the goggly eyes, goggly eye 3D thing. We think like it'll make our lives better. Was it after ecstasy, the laundry? After ecstasy, the laundry. Like, I did get something the other day that made me happy. Oh, yeah, Fox Jumper. But when I first put on Fox Jumper before I touched old Foxy, I thought, I look great in this jumper. Oh, Fox Jumper. Yeah, when I put on Fox Jumper. He had a nice jumper that he picked up a Mm, a destitute fox in. No. Destitute. (laughs) (laughs) Destitute fox, yeah. And like, and for a minute, I thought old Fox Jumper would make me happy. And for a minute, Fox Jumper did. But the road to that excess led to the wisdom that I could never be happy in a Fox Jumper and I should just wear blankets but the, and robes. But the Fox gave your jumper meaning. It gave it a stinky meaning, Jim. <laughs> it was the stinkiest meaning I've Are ever you, been near. To someone, right? Say you were like a fisherman and you were cold. 
Yeah. If someone gave you a jumper, then Ooh. it would have more than a material value, wouldn't it? I'm a cold you, fisherman. Oh, I'm warm now. I'm glad. Thank you. So well, yes, yeah, so rain on everything. Now you're quite right. The material, like there would have been a function. Now, this is where capitalism and consumerism lead to problems because initially function is great. Like like if you know if you're really starving and you're lost in the woods and someone provides you with food, that's such a act of grace and it's fulfilment and nutrition. But then if you think, oh, that was good, I'll just eat loads and loads of soup, or I'll just get more and more stuff and acquire more and more drugs. So I think what Blake is saying is excess means more than you need. And once you have more than you need, you recognise that materialism and consuming can never be fulfilling. I mean, Blake was a bloody great genius. It's the road of excess. What do you think you're going to get? Was it the path of of excess leads to the palace of wisdom? The road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. He's saying live excessively, and you will become wise. That's what he's saying. He's not going. What do you think that palace of wisdom is? Is what is the palace? (laughs) <laughs> lots of books in it and lots of drugs Jim Morrison used to say that yeah, no. and he meant take acid all the time Look, Jim was only 27 wise. he was only a kid if he was here now I'd talk to him in a different voice Jim don't take all those drugs what are you doing but you sure you need a bath come here sit down why are you crying you're being silly what were we talking about anyway we're dogs talking about penises. excess has he got an erection yet he looks pretty jolly about something. I think it was all this talk of Blakey. I'll get you, Butler. <laughs> I'll get you, Butler Yates. Now, that's a joke about poets. Mm. And, gee, you should have been really turned on yourself. It's not just Bear that should have an at this point. The yeah, so anyway, look, I'm saying that the Palace of Wisdom is the, pa- the realisation, the transcendence of um, the idea that materialism can ever But if the only you. way you can get to the Palace of Wisdom, which is what Blake is saying, is through materialism, then... What's the point of the palace being there? I don't think he says it's the only way. He just says the road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. So, like, if you so, there's another road that leads there. Possibly, I mean, there's the road of asceticism, as preferred by renunciants, (laughs) mendicants. And people in their underpants, renunciants and mendicants, and people in their underpants, couple files for divorce because they're a sexy pair of cunts. So hang on, those two, you went on holiday with two women and you couldn't sustain, but did you... you there were a couple of nice three... One. I could sustain, <laughs> I could sustain, I won't a problem, mate. It's one of them had a nightmare. We'll do up. things together for a bit, I'm just having a rest. Listen, I don't know... Oh, don't touch your heart, it's too sensitive. <laughs> I'm just going to want to go and look at the seaside for a minute. Oh, I'm so alone, so alone once no. this uh, once my mate Rick's brother told yeah. we his girlfriend actually told us this story that yeah we started having sex but he said uh, oh, I can't do this there's kids upstairs in another flat not even the flat right oh, so and I remember thinking that's weird why, why did he care and then a couple of I was only 17 or something and then a couple of months later I was seeing this girl and I ejaculated rather quickly and didn't want her to know <laughs> and I suddenly stopped her no, I think we should do this when it's more special <laughs> and then as I said it and she went oh that's really nice and I was thinking I'm getting away with this I realised oh, that's what it must it be all fell I can't place. do this there's yeah. a war going on in yeah. Bosnia yeah, those were... poor Bosnians <laughs> let me just get this condom off <laughs> you, were, you were on the path to wisdom weren't you yeah Exactly. How can we lay here enjoying ourselves? No, this isn't right. No, I won't this do isn't it. Special enough. Yeah. But it'd be more special when I can sustain an erection. Have you ever done that? What trick? Someone? No, I just tell them up front. Like, ah, there's been a little. Now you've done so well here. You've had a special bonus prize. But I tell you what, fifteen minutes, he'll be back in business. This little fella is keen as mustard and as silly as custard. So just wait a while, and we'll get right back on top of the pony. There shouldn't be a pony in here. Don't worry about him. He helps me get an erection. <laughs> like so, no, I've, I just own it, and then know that round two. I mean, in my glory days, round of course, two, which probably, weren't glorious, yeah, lonely. and also round two lasts longer. Anyway. Round two is a much better round. 
And th- and those occasions when it goes even to round six, oh dear, oh dear, oh to be in my thirties again, oh to be in the thirties. But what about the wall markets crash? Oh dear, the stock exchange got up the pictures. FDR, you did it again. Four more years, four more years. Don't you call me a Steinbeckian dust bowl. Okay. Now, <laughs> I'm in that palace of wisdom. I'm having a good look around. It seems to be another um, god all bundled what's, up. What, when you've got two women on a holiday, right? When one goes to the, the toilet, paddle. do you say to them, You're my favourite. Hey, listen. Keep just doing what you're doing. You're doing great on this She's holiday. Oh, other one. I'm not keen on her. No, they, I went, look, I don't want to ruin their identity. I went on tour in Australia. And, and like I was ruin their identity. <laughs> That's <laughs> too late for that. <laughs> no, I don't want to reveal their identity. But I went on tour in Australia and I met two separate people on two separate occasions. I said, would you go on holiday? There'll be someone else there. They both said yes. So I went, went on the holiday. It was a very nice place. Tony Bloody Blair was there on the holiday. He weren't involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russell, uh, there's at least one too many people yeah. in this man. I've come a bit quick. Do you want to go see old Blairy? He's <laughs> <laughs> got a big oh. dossier. <laughs> very nice. Very. Let's sexy this uh, holiday up a bit. Yeah, so like uh, old Care Bear Blair was there. And, uh, Did you speak to him? I see him once. I ignored him. I had a better, I had a better villa than him. Did you? Yeah, I was well glad about that. I thought, I'll show you, mate. I got a better holiday out than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, look, what I'm saying is, is about the road to excess in the Palace of Blair. Oh, I want to know some sex stories about these two chicks. It wasn't. What I'm saying is, is there were some good threesomes, as one might imagine, at the early part of the holiday. But then the one night, one of them woke up having a nightmare, screamed, and then the other one screamed, then I screamed, and then we all were screaming in the middle of the night, and we were confronted by the terrible reality that none of us knew each other well enough to be in this intimate situation, and that decadence and hedonism often mask a deeper emotional need, which is what Blake is saying. Yeah, but the thing is, you've done all that stuff. Like you, you stand in a very privileged position of having taken loads of drugs for years and been completely like selfish about drugs then you've had Selfish, loads of, well a little bit I gave you some <laughs> <laughs> shavings um, and then you do all the sex stuff and go hey yeah but you know the thing is they'll never make you happy you've done it all yeah. half the people walking around more than that have never had a chance they're just dreaming of it you uh, rub their noses in it they're just, they're just three, three birds in bed at once uh, it won't make you happy son <laughs> <laughs> They can't even get one. Listen, if you're saying the Russell Brand Easter hot tub party, where six women, previously strangers, all joined me for an Easter hot tub spectacular, At least it's the answer. <laughs> Easter, where everyone got a free Fortnite chocolate rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I and bet it, they did as well. Well, they did, because otherwise, it, where's the uh, Easter theme otherwise? Where's the Easter you, theme? How did you hand them out at the end when everyone was sobbing? <laughs> Give them out at the beginning while the vibe's still good. <laughs> Before the hot tub turns into a minestrone soup. Oh, dear. oh no, no, not in England. Not in an election year. Not when Corbyn's doing his hardest. I won't have that. Oh, oh that's what they think is the Churchill voice. No, yeah. I won't. That's Rackbar. Uh, that's what. That's the problem. So, um, look, I'll tell you this. What I'm saying is, as a person that has, yes, you're right. It is a bit rich coming from you, but that's a sort of a common thing, isn't it, from older people? But if so, it, it, let's say when you were about to indulge in excess, if someone yeah. had pulled you aside and said, "Hey, man, this isn't going to make you happy," like, let's say oh, just yeah, bef- exactly. yeah, just it, before you're doing your done? do your, your Easter bunny parade or whatever it is, right? If <laughs> I pulled Easter hot tub if I pulled you aside and said, William Blake says. The road of whatever, blah, 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 leads to blah, blah, blah. Would you have listened to me? I go, gee, you're always on about poems and shit. Stop ruining my fucking Easter holidays. I'm not going to let you ruin another Easter hot dub party. Just and- get out of here. It's women only and me. 
No blokes ever got in that hot tub. No, not one. Well, when you used to tell women to go and clean their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and have a bath. Hold on a minute. I was a look. He not were... only threw the hot tub parties. I can't imagine Jim Morrison going, hey, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, you know, you need to go brush your tongue. You used to send people off to the bathroom and go, I love what you're doing, but you're a bit smelly. <laughs> Look, we're on the precipice of sexism here. Yeah. And what the we're pop- not. Of course are we? we are. Look at the normal fucking people that understand reality over there. Gareth and Neil, people with proper jobs, people with respect That's for not women. sexist. Of course it's sexist. You were hygienic. I was... I, I was trying to be hygienic because the problem was I wasn't drunk or on drugs and I was doing quite decadent and hedonistic things. And those times, I've only lately realised how naughty it was and I'll never do it again, so as I won't. It it's was all very... in the wank bank. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take my memories away from me! And those lonely nights. Oh, thank God knows they come thick and fast. I did that thing. Hey, look, now, we're, we're, me and you, Matthew, are fathers to daughters now, so now we know that a casual cavalier attitude to females and, uh, and our own oh, sexual behaviour... Don't be boring. Yeah, I know, but you've got to say it. I do mean it. Yeah, I'm no, but you've got to say it. I do mean it. <laughs> I do mean that thing I just pretended to mean. <laughs> no, I do mean it. We've got to be respectful. Look, that's what I'm, I return to. The pal- road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. Oh, I yes, thought that, that it was fulfilling. And there were points of it that were fulfilling. But in the end, it becomes quite lonely. And you recognise that other oh, people... Oh, you poor little thing. Pro- and also you're hurting other people with that behaviour. Like, I mean emotionally, of course. But, like, I mean, it's sort of like it's just not a way to continually uh, live. Stop bum-licking everyone. <laughs> I think I've done my fair share of that, my man. Let me tell you. <laughs> Why do you think the Easter hot tub parties were so popular? I'm loving this, but you now, do come need on. to go to the toilet and just have a little wash. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, I am quite an adventurous lover. If you go through there, you'll find some Prep H, <laughs> prep H wipes and some Oral-B toothpaste. You know what to do. School apologises for Nazis. Unicorn Frappuccino isn't Starbucks' most sugar-filled drink. What? The Starbucks new Unicorn Frappuccino is getting a lot of attention for its sky-high sugar content. It's getting a load of promotion for Starbucks. <laughs> Listen, go and buy coffee off someone else. Make some coffee in a flask, take it to school yourself. <laughs> fill, your, fill your pockets with granules, have a lovely day out. I'm, I'm, actually, try, I'm actually trying to cut down on sugar. Why? Uh, because it's, it's all bad. You're an addict, you'll never cut down. There's Freddy the Frogs, you're always scoffing them. God, I hate them. Freddie Frog. Freddie, yeah, Freddie. He loves them. That's just he chocolate, buys though, great, bloody milk. great boxes of the stuff. And the price of them's gone up so much. They used to be 10p like, like 10 years ago or something like that. Seriously, oh. they're like, oh, they're like 30p or something. Look at the way his like face has changed now, <laughs> talking Seriously, about it. He's frenzied. I, I hide them from people. I actually really? buy them and I, I buy a huge box what, of them. Because of shame? What? No. Because he do not want to meet in his Freddies. Yeah, oh, right. exactly. Out of I can't. I can't have Easter Bunny Parade, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I just eat oh, Freddos. Oh, such a, just eat, a simple man. I eat Freddos and cry. What <laughs> <laughs> an happy marriage. Dogs? No, but I'm trying to cut down on sugar. So I'm trying to find ways to, because I love coffee, so I'm trying to find ways to take the coffee without the sugar. Yeah, well, that's easy. Just stop having what sugar. What about bulletproof it? coffee where you have coconut oil in it? Ooh. I've put cardamom in it. Yeah, that's yeah, good. So it just yeah. takes the edge off it. What's wrong with the edge? I don't have any caffeine. What are you on about? I don't have tea or coffee or Coca-Cola. You got drunk out of your mind last night. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's not caffeine. Smell your breath from here, man. You're coming here reeking it. Oh, you're a lovely lad. You're a lovely lad. Why have you cut your hair for? Um, Because it was annoying me that I had to do it. It was a poncy sort of side parting thing. You have to get product and stuff. I can't be bothered. What do you Why? Just just, just do one grade all over? No, this is is shorter on the side. you shave it yourself? How dare you? <laughs> I have done that. I went yeah. to a barber's, a proper barber's, where they use ear candles. 
No, I use a not flaming real. stick to burn off your ear hair, but I haven't got any ear hair. Hold on a minute. I imagine they'd spend months with you. <laughs> Bonfire I... on a pole, <laughs> whacking it against your great big ears. <laughs> you fucking cunt. <laughs> My luxies, they're naked as the day they was born. Hold on a minute, I'm going to feel around them now. No, it's, it's actually the fluff on your, like, ear bag. Wait, What's that it? called? The little lobio. The little lobio. I call it the luxie clip. Oh, no, mine's fine. Isn't it? No, you are fine. Hold on, get someone, get a candle. I'll torch that little bugger. It'll no, you can't. Be like the fire in London, be like Pudding Lane. <laughs> They'll have another monument up and blame the fridge. That's what happened last time. All right, well, I think we've done enough additional content there, and particularly some of it will necessarily be cut because of the swaggering sexism of the earlier part. I don't part. think anything we said was sexist. Well, we can, we can balance it out nicely afterwards. Thank you very much for joining us on Radio X. If you like it, download it, give it five stars, review it on iTunes, uh, and give us comments, because uh, me and Matthew and G sometimes sit together at night, or we put on one of our baby's nappies each, and we read them, and we just, we ourselves dizzy <laughs> listening to reading those comments. So uh, fill it in, download, and share. Thanks very much, Russell Brand, Radio X Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Russell Brand. Radio X. I don't know who they were, but they were trying their best. Now, this is Russell Brand on Radio X. What was it? Was it who was that? Do you know Linkin Park? Yes, it was Linkin Park. Well, I think they're a lovely group of young men, and I think they should be encouraged. They've been doing this a while, have they? Oh, God. <laughs> mm-hmm. What seems to be the problem? Because you are... It's Sunday morning, between 11 and 1, it'll be me, Russell Brand. It'll be him, Matt Morgan. It'll be Mr. G. We'll all be here providing you with, we're going to call it entertainment. There will be contests, there will be competitions, legends will be born, poetry will be written. Did you see how impressed, or hear in fact, how Woody, given the medium, how impressed Woody Harlson was with uh, G's... Um Oh, he was. He yeah. stared at him for a while afterwards. Yeah, we met in the corridor as well, and it what was a bit mean? weird. You, you sustained oh. the relationship beyond the show. I just went to the toilet, and he was standing outside the toilet. Le- he was lurking. It's like he couldn't let it go, almost. Yeah. That's interesting. I thought Woody Harlson would be the sort of person who would move on. Why'd you shake your head every time I say the name of Woody Harlson? Yeah. Annoying. Huh? No, it's Harrelson. <laughs> Just well, say Harrelson. No, because even Woody Harrelson himself admitted that perhaps mistakes had been made with his own name. How do you say Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be, hopefully he'll come along one day, won't he? He's a oh, carpenter. Wouldn't that be great? I'd love to know more about him. Mm. I'd love to... It's annoying. Well, the background thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I've heard it on other radio things and I've enjoyed it. Same um, same music. Yeah, but look, when yeah, they exactly when that. they do it, they don't look so panicked. Look at the way you you're don't know. driving the desk. You look like Doctor Who when he's going like when he knows the cyber. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Like when he's dealing with that young person, knowing it's got to be the exact type of right relationship because it can't be a sexual rapport. That's Doctor you've Who's not been offered the Doctor Who job, probably because of sexual intensity. Yeah. We can't leave him in a TARDIS with those young people. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter how big it is on the inside, <laughs> he'll find a way of contaminating it. <laughs> Saucy little sod. Yes, he has got a peculiar kind of charisma, but we don't want him romping through time. Last week we spoke about uh, well, there was a financial Number dominatrix. Yes. She was one of the things. We'll be following up on that. I believe there was a competition that was a huge success relating to my rebirth tour. I think we did it as well as we're ever likely to. And there'll be a competition for tickets. Oh, you're on this tour? Week as well. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I am, G. Oh, right. Wow. That's why we're doing this radio show. Okay. <laughs> <In> short, <laughs> that's when the tour ends. It'll just simply take the headphones off and walk away. 
<laughs> Just leave me and Matt in the wilderness again. <laughs> I will put on the step to the sound of music <laughs> and a, a final stab from DMX and off I'll wander. But uh, also, later on, we're going to be talking to... Like, what people don't know about me, perhaps, is that I'm a kindly man who helps others. Here's just one example. We do know that. That's right. <laughs> I, like, do you know what? I, we can, you can watch me on Facebook Live if you need to. And Matt. Yes. Uh, yeah, there I am. You've taken... And, and G. i lit from above, yeah. and I apologise for that. Because you, you've been drinking, have you? Well, I have got a mild hangover, but that's not... Mild. I thought we'd put those days behind us, mate. that's not showing on my face. That's not what I meant. Because you're a single parent, is it... You should, like, because you're... Well, I had a night off yesterday. Working. No, I was... I cleaned my whole house, right? Did you? Yeah, I did, honestly. And then it was about 9.30, and I was... I'd, as a treat, bought myself Hitman on the PlayStation 4. Is it good? That's where you're a cockney... I played it yet. You're a cockney Hitman, are you, in that? Cockney. You're an Italian mobster? No, you're a sort of faceless Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I haven't even played it, because my brother-in-law phoned me, but the Cubs are the pub, we're a pub down your road. As drunk as that. You know, right. you're completely sober, well, as you always are. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Down there and be in, and the whole pub was full of people that drunk. So then, and it was just like, I was drinking one glass of wine, and then the next one was lined up, and then by the, I went to bed about two. Where was your son and daughter? Oh, daughter. I don't know. <laughs> Not out of the drawer I put them in. My daughter's in America, and my son was at my sister's house so that I could clean the house, because obviously my wife's been away for two weeks. Oh, you've let I it fall apart. Had a, no, the system is, let it fall apart, and then have a sort of two-day clean-up. You can't call that a system, Matt. That's you allowing can. chaos to reign. No. A system is keep it under continual control. When washing up's there, do it immediately. Well, actually, I've been pretty good, but honestly, the life of a housewife, a single-parent housewife, is very tough. Single it, Parent by Matt Morgan. <laughs> exactly. By one week of duty. <laughs> two weeks. But you, you, like, you have to wash clothes constantly. Mm, you have wow. to clean rooms constantly. All the things my wife complains about, I've just cleaned the kitchen and now it's a mess again. It's Who painful. do you say it to when you've just cleaned the kitchen and it's a mess just again? sort of God. <laughs> <laughs> you utter it to the Almighty, do yeah. you? Okay, and my son. For that. What are you doing? I'm just playing, you mentioned God, so why oh. not? What's that got to do with God? Yeah. That's some sort of Indian fake here. Who's it by anyway? Who's Snake it by? Snake charmer. I don't know who it's by, mate. It's not my job to know things like that. All my... All, what I'm saying is, is that the idea of religion has got cultural baggage, and there's a bit of it. Right. Played. So you just utter up to the heavens. Um, housework do you do? I'm in charge of some bees. I've got... That's look, not housework. That's a hobby. <laughs> hive work. I mean, like, stuff's going on. What do you do in the house? Look out the window solemnly. <laughs> Think about this link a lot. Have you hoovered in your life. No, I do a lot of housework. Just yesterday, I, I was wiping up detritus with a dustpan and brush. Had you made that detritus? Yes, I've not been well. I got, <laughs> I got caught short. <laughs> no, no, it's actually from Bear. The dog is here in the studio with us. Um, Bear chomps up these bones, and he leaves like. Uh, splinters and sort of scraps of decaying hide right. like in patches and, 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 I, and I sweep those up I look after the baby sometimes just yesterday I did one <laughs> bottle Dad, I look after the baby sometimes <laughs> I changed the I changed the nappy I done a, wow, I done a one bottle nappy. 
Yesterday. The nappy. Yesterday. This is the just... The day before that? I don't know what was going on that day. I was having a, a wonderful time in Moulin Rouge in Paris. <laughs> I was kicking up a storm. No, like, I mean, I, I do... It's do quite grounding, though, in a spiritual way. If you, like, clean your whole house. I cleaned all the uh, all the toilets, everything. It's, it's what, not... you're on hands and knees going around the side yeah, of the bowl? it's quite good for you, because afterwards you think, oh, that's really clean. Even if I spill a bit of wee-wee in a, a foreign toilet, I still wipe it up. Do you? <laughs> Absolutely I do. Is that why your assistant had bum wipes in her bag that you asked for when you go to the toilet? You're the person who started the bum wipes, aren't you? Yes, but you I said don't you, have you said you would start never carrying them around for me. <laughs> you said you would never use tissues again. I'll never go back. Someone told me it can contribute to fatbergs in the sewer, and I didn't care. I, I, do you know what I do now? I don't throw. I never throw a wipe down the toilet. I just parcel it up, pop it in the waste paper. No, I do. That's, that's what you do in Turkey because you can't flush. Toilet paper down the there toilet. you go. And I love the Turks. They're a fine you people. Don't do that. Put it in the bin. Look, uh, yes, I do. And I've noticed that throughout this, there's been a challenge that I'm not some kind of normal man. Well, if I'm not, why am I doing this? Being in a garden centre, as I was being the other day, pushing a trolley. In that trolley, there was chicken wire, four posts, <laughs> some flowers, uh, and other bee related stuff. Sound like a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken wire won't do anything for bees. They can simply pass through it. Well, that's right. They're allowed to, but we don't want this big lolloping Alsatian uh, going through it because on day one that the bees arrived, they arrived last week, 60,000. That's as many whoa. people are, as there are in Woking, where I was this week. And I was judging, I was thinking, what's it like, Woking? But actually, the jammer from there. So a, a town mm. called Malice is about Woking. And right. I, now, having been to Woking, I see their point. <laughs> <laughs> so they, I understand why well, they were so go wound well. up. Yeah, I did. It was a good one. It was a good one. Anyway, so like, I'd done that. I got sick. And I, when I got my community of 60,000 bees... How are they delivered? I don't know. A bloke turned up, Anthony, the chicken man. He's a lovely fellow. He looks after Alex James out of Blur's bees. Oh, he also does chickens as well. Oh. Anything that you'd... I guess what he does is he provides chickens and bees to people who don't need them. <laughs> and can't Simply possibly understand them. Priced, probably. Well, he's a very lovely man. I once argued with him about his chicken shed. This was on... When I, when I got, like, my chicken coop, right, I said... Like, I called him out. goes, your chicken coop's more money. I've been looking at the internet at some of the other chicken coops, mate. And I got quite leery. Your chicken coop's too much money. He went, well, buy one of those other chicken coops. <laughs> buy one of them my chicken coops are built to last <laughs> like, he said those are ones you're looking at they're not fit to tie the boots of my chicken like he really defended his chicken coop so passionate for I love this guy yeah. from now on it's him and me it's and pretty it has been. sturdy your chicken coop it's really good they're very happy those chickens I mean the three cockerels have become ghastly um, the way they treat the females like, I mean it's going to be called I, treading I, I but thought it was very funny when we were at your house and Laura your partner, yeah. was saying how she, she was quite disturbed. She came back in the kitchen. She went, I've just seen... <laughs> and the, co the boys called cockerels. That's right. Cockerels, I don't know. There's Rod Ronnie and Reg, they're brothers, of course. Well, you've uh, given them bad names the to start off with, haven't you? <laughs> it's not exactly Stephen Hawking and some uh, an Einstein. You name them after gangsters. Well, one's called the Professor, and he's just as bad as Ron and Reg. He stands by, sort of like, going, oh, let's ask your stuff. <laughs> uh, like, I think he's worse, in a way. And he's a better-looking bird. He looks like Foghorn Leghorn, the Professor. Oh, he's I a real nice... Yeah, he's like that. And Ron and Reg, they look like, like uh, Lecoq sportif they look like the french nat national bird they look right. like him they egg each other on well, that's what the saying that he, they 
Can we say the word? Well, they, they call they it do? treading. Treading, right. but I would call it non-consensual behaviour. Yes, non-consensual behaviour. And she said, not only did he non-consensually behave <laughs> her, <laughs> he also, in Laura's words, cock-a-doodle-dude in her ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Cock-a-doodle-doodle! like that! I mean, the animal kingdom, they're, they're, it's you different You can't rules. judge them by we our standards. We can't judge them by our standards, possibly by <laughs> yours, but not, not by ours as a species. It's terrible the way they carry on, but you can't police them. One of them's just a little bantam, old black and white. I've not even given her a name. She was away for a while. There were three black and whites. One of them drowned in a pond. One of them still at large. We, there are occasional sightings, and one comes in. That one doesn't behave like a conventional hen, and it's my dearest favourite. It roosts. It doesn't go in the hutch with the others, possibly to a Avoid the non-consensual behaviour. Well, like just then up a bit of the coop, avoiding Ron and Reg and the professor. Beastly, really. But that's, I mean, it's difficult to try to derive your morality from nature because within nature there is there is not any sentimentality. Sentimentality is applied by human beings. And of course, we must have different codes and morals. Oh, sometimes dogs, don't they, like, go to the grave of their owner and stuff? That's Greyfriars Bobby of Edinburgh. Now, what he done is he sat there ever so patiently waiting for his master to rise from the dead. But as yet, that has not occurred due <laughs> to the nature of the material realm and, and entropy, that body would have simply decayed, as yeah. is the custom. Yeah, but it's more common than that. Well, he's got a statue, Greyfriars Bobby, mate. So if it's so common, yeah, why is he just getting a statue? It, obviously, lots of other dogs. It's like they always saying, oh, don't let your dog, don't owner. let your dog, don't let your dog chase sheep. Don't let your dog chase sheep. It will get shot by the farmer. And I go, it won't, because I've read about it happening in the paper when it does happen. So it obviously seldom occurs, because otherwise it wouldn't make the paper. It would just be another That's dog Russell's shot by sheep. His dog, a huge Alsatian. <laughs> chasing sheep around a field. What type of a dog is he? A German shepherd. So he's herding those sheep. He's herding <laughs> them over there. He herds them over there. He herded that one's face off. <laughs> I herded its leg over there, its other leg there, and its face is there. No, I don't let him chase sheep. In the younger days, when I didn't understand country ways, I, I didn't step in so radically against his lawlessness, but I've become a lot more interventionist since I've understood the country community where I'm from, and I've become somewhat beloved because I read a children's story. My children's story, The Pied Piper, to a group of children. That's Without... not your children's story. No, you're right, it's an archetype. <laughs> My retelling of The Pied Piper by me. Uh, but, like, what I realised is that I'd, it was, like, I read it in Henley, which you, you always assume that you could, that, all, what I'm saying is all British towns have a, sort of a mix of classes, even if it's somewhere where you superficially regard it as going to be sort of somewhat bourgeois, like Kenley, near where I live. And like, but actually, working class people, I mean, they're everywhere. You can't control <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, but like when I was reading my book, The Pied Piper, it's laden with sort of quite heavy-handed, I must be honest, subtext about revolution and stirring people up, right? Children. I thought, I'll write this. In the back of my mind, I don't know what kind of mood I was in when I was writing that children's story, but perhaps you remember from the time, but I was clearly determined to rabble rouse because this children's story is like bloody people effing system <laughs> like that then I had to read it in Henley and, I, like, like, and I'd not read it since I'd written it and like I was sat there in front of 20 children from Henley who were absolutely lovely and the community of Henley themselves who were really really lovely people and as I'm saying diverse and like yeah. I'm I'm not for judging people by class anymore it's not a help or it's not a helpful way to go around judging folk but anyway I was reading it and it says stuff like oh and the mayor of Hamlin was so stuck up and like the mayor of Henley was like sat there <laughs> while, while I was saying it. And the, so, 
Henley. That's right. No, no, Hamley. Hamlin. And, I, like, and, then it would say, and it would say things like, um, they would have, like, they were very fond of ridiculous pageants, the people of Hamlin. And it was on the May Day pageant that I was reading it. I was sort of thinking... The universe has turned that back on you. The universe is but always... See, <laughs> the real victims of your story. <laughs> Look upon ye and weep. Well, yeah, it's right. I've learned some... Did you, uh, in the moment of reading it, sort of start to apologise? Yes. Did you? It, during it, I was sort of... Like, there was one bit where I goes, Look, I can see there's a subtext here, but uh, that was written a while ago, and I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I, was under, I was under a great deal of pressure, as a matter of fact. Um, another thing I'd done, on the way home from the radio show last week, perhaps high on uh, talking to Woody Arlson about his, um, like his live film. Remember he did a live film, we were promoting it. What was it called? Shot in One Shot. No, Something One Night in London. London. One, one Night in London. London. It was shot in One. one Hole in One by Woody Arlson. <laughs> um, like, uh, like, uh, on the way home... Excuse me. I rescued a little baby fox, like down a country lane. Such a cute little fox as well. It was like a slipper. It was like a fox slipper. Imagine like you've gone to Disney World and you've got fox and the hound themed slippers, tarred and rod. Whatever they're called. Slipper. So little. A massive um, hole on its back. <laughs> By the time I've finished with it, non-consensually. <laughs> <new> special shoe. <laughs> I saw that little darling there, that little cute little foxy lady. Doing on his own because normally you don't see baby foxes. That's right. His parents must something must have happened to him, mate. They I don't rejected know. him. They must have rejected him. And I'm when, not... you, when you say rescued, what did you, you take him away or something? No, he just don't got... say take him away like that as if it wasn't a rescue. From his parents, mate. He, he was wandering down a busy road. He was wandering down a busy road, and I was wearing, I may say, a jumper. That was my first time I'd worn that jumper, and it was dry, clean only, and it was quite a nice jumper. You can see the last episode of The Truths that me and Gareth made. I'm wearing it in that, well, right? I've got to check that you've out. You've got to see this. <laughs> you can send me a link. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to see this jumper. <laughs> it's a really good jumper. Anyway, I saw the fox in the road. Pulled over. I got out of the car. There was a couple of other people Wrapped who pulled it in over your as jumper, well. Made sure everyone saw. There were a few other people. They was looking to rescue the fox, but they clean only. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but only I had the chutzpah to go out there and rescue it. I, I, like it started to scurry up a bank away from it. It was wandering around the road. It went around the corner. Car. I. I walked behind the fox. No. No traffic. I was saying things like that. Right. And the, the traffic you, stopped. You, did you get out of a car? Yeah. A cab or yeah. your car? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? A what cab you or your car? Cab. Right. Get out of cab! <laughs> I got out of the cab, walked down the road, and, but the fox had so started the to cab, go around the you corner. Say, Driver, stop! Stop! There's a fox that needs me, and by Jove, I'm going to help it. Not in my name. A fox Not. cub. Yeah, fox cub. And I went How and, did you know the fox was lost? It's in the middle of the road, mate. It's as big as a coffee cup. It was, a, it was a tiny little thing. It was like a mouse fox. It was a baby fox. It's not an adult fox. But it might have been doing a dare to its friends. Gee, it well, needed I mean, intervention. It was living its life. Yeah. It wasn't living its life. You don't understand. Like, You've traumatised that fox. Think of the image of a kitten. Right. That's what it was. The difference between a kitten and a cat. Okay. It's a baby, so tiny, why, little, where, snutty, in, little darling. What did you do to it? I picked it up in my jumper. Booted it back into the woods. <laughs> and I kicked it to another dimension. No, I picked it up and it... In, it expressed its gratitude lustily by turning over its own shoulder and sinking its ratty little jaggedy fangs <laughs> into this finger here. Oh, I can see the mark. Oh, that's the mark you had of the that beast. checked out? Yeah, I had to go to hospital. I had, to go, I had to take antibiotics to stop taking them. It was ridiculous. And when a fox bites you on the joint, it can, the infection can get into the joint, as a matter of fact. I had to go down there, Sean, down the Henley NHS drop-in unit thing. He was very nice. He gave, well, I didn't have a tetanus, because apparently we've all got enough tetanus anyway, haven't we? Is that the real thing? <laughs> 
Have we got enough tetanus? I don't, I don't need know, no more tetanus. I just do you know, know about hypochondria? I know, but I thought we do need tetanus injections. But no. what happened? So where, where does this story end? Just bit you and ran off? No, I kept it. I kept hold of it. I took it back to the house and I was so happy about it. I, when I arrived home to my house, I went, Laura, we've got a new fox. The world's a magnificent place. She was feeding our daughter. I was like, oh, this isn't good, Russell. I've been bitten. We've got to go to the hospice. Yeah, I've got a fox. Life's so great. The bear, the dog spilled cat litter all over the lawn. Oh, Russell, this is all too much. Come and look at this fox. Now the fox has been taken to a place called Tiggy Winkles. It's a sanctuary oh, in Aylesbury. We've got to find out right. how that fox is. But first, have you heard of a little darling called consumerism? Radio X, Russell Brand. This is me, Russell Brand, on Radio X. I'm here with Matt Morgan, Mr G, of course, and the kind of compassion that <coughs> typically we associate with great saints. Because I've been telling a story about me rescuing a, a little darling of a fox cub, being nipped by it. Well, but sort of bitten. It I looks mean, quite bad. What I feel like is that perhaps... I mean, if this was a super fit hero film, I would now acquire the abilities of a fox, wouldn't I? Fox man. Yeah, fox man. Instead of just a bacterial infection. <laughs> Which is less useful in fighting crime. <laughs> you there! Stop! Touch it with my rotting finger! <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no, it's okay, I'll drop the airbag! Don't touch me with the tetanus limb! Uh, Rusty Rockets says Curious British Telly on uh, the uh, on Twitter. How will you feel if that beautiful fox comes back to slaughter your chickens and cockle-doodle-doo the corpses? <laughs> oh, I don't think it'll cockle-doodle-doo them. That's interspecial activity. Uh, just to let you know, you're not meant to touch baby foxes. If you do, their mother rejects them like ducks, says Stephen Cavanagh of Hemel Hempstead. Yeah, but, but the lady at Tiggywinkle said, if this baby fox is just wandering down the road... It ain't with its parents are out of the picture. Right, it's right. game over. You wouldn't be wandering down the middle of the road. If it, it may have just been sulking or something, go, right, well, that's it, I'm out of here. And suddenly it's holding. I mean it. <laughs> I mean it this time. But uh, well, actually, it's life's you taken a room. For, oh, no, I've been picked up. <laughs> oh, come with me. I'll yeah. save you, little chap. <laughs> take those fangs out of my limbs. So go on. Yeah. And so you did you take the little fox to Tiggy Winkles? No. Nah. Because it was too far, and I had to go to the hospital. So Taz, so who, the fellow who was driving me, right. he took him to Tiggy Winkle. So in a way, he's the what forgotten hero of this shoebox. In a cat box. Ah, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, got it in there. I mean, oh, I tell you what, mate, foxes they half stink. <laughs> like they're wee and stuff. It's out of control. Yeah. Like, so that jumper, I've took it to dry cleaner. So anyway, this is a normal I'm man. Mainly worried about the jumper. I was in the garden centre. I was in a dry cleaners. That's a normal man. But have you done the hoovering? Mm, not really, mate. Not really. I don't, I'm not trusted around hoovers. Sent a fox. <laughs> I have too many <laughs> ideas. A driver to Mr. Tiggywinkle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a regular man. guy. Go to Mr. <laughs> Tiggywinkle then and start a new life, old Renault. What they call him, Renault Rignard? There's a sort of a Renard. nice word, yeah, Renard. Fox, yeah, I think something like that. All right, hold on. We've got this ain't the only thing we've got. Below, we will be talking to a person from Mrs. Tiggywinkles to see how. What should we call that little fox? Edmund. Yes. Let's see how Edmund's got along. That's Gareth, the producer's middle name. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Oh, he seems so embarrassed about that. Clarinet. Yeah, no, French, French horn. horn. Oh, French, French horn, horn Edmund. Oh, he then... is in the market for a new girlfriend. Have a look at him on the internet. A lot of people think he looks <laughs> like uh, the Man United uh, goalkeeper whose name temporarily escapes me. 
De Gea, yeah. David De Gea. He's a very handsome man, Gareth Roy. Perhaps oh, peruse yeah. him on the internet. He is available on some sex sites. Do you remember when we, we were trying to get him to play the French horn at Sydney Opera House? I tried to get Gareth Roy to play the French horn at Sydney Opera House. Obviously, I'd lit up Sydney that evening with my stand-up comedy entertainment. Did you have a French horn with you? No, but the Sydney Opera House has got bloody great orchestra in it. Right, so I went right. down to the orchestra brass band section bit where, like, there's a storeroom, and I went, oh, my God, there's a French horn. I was so full of glee. I'm going to force Gareth to end the show by playing the French horn. I found a French horn. I said to the orchestra person, there's a person who's in charge of orchestras, can I borrow this French horn, mate? And they went, yeah, of course, of course. I borrowed the French horn, and then at the end of the show, it's been a really good show for Sydney Opera House, life, like, you know, life's dream fulfilled. Then I goes, and now, ladies and gentlemen, presenting to bring this to even further climax, Mr. Gareth Roy on the French horn. Gareth Roy was in the wings, like, no, no, I don't I, want to. I had to push him out. Yeah. <laughs> Came shoved out like a vaudeville act. Then I presented in the French horn. It needs some sort of reed or something. Like, you know, if you'd yeah. like, like some little, just little wobbly thing, you went, oh, it's not got a reed. And I went, we will find a reed. I said it like in sort of part fury, part enthusiasm. I went romping around that opera house looking for a reed. I couldn't find one. So he just stood there spare. What's it called, really? Mouthpiece. Like, I couldn't find a mouthpiece nowhere in Sydney Opera House. And Gareth Roy just sort of stood Could there. Could you have played it without a mouthpiece? No. Could you not have? No. When are you going to do a French horn concert? That's what the people yeah, are yeah. Get, Bring to your know. French horn to the studio next week. Yeah, you know, Christian yeah. O'Connell, well, Gareth used to work for Christian O'Connell years ago. Right. And Christian O'Connell used to make him bully Gareth into playing the French horn. Oh, so there's previous. This is terrible. It's like reliving some sort of changing room victimisation. Having known that, why did you try and make him do it live on stage in Sydney? I was trying to turn around the experience, a bit like Batman, how those backs in the Batcave... Spurred him on in the end, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, he was like, oh, I don't like these bats. They give me a terrible fit of the shivers. But then he went, hang on a minute. I can use those bats to inspire me to fight crime. Much like me, Foxman. Or much like Gal, horny Frenchie. <laughs> the two of us fighting crime in Sydney, committing almost as many as we do. What's next? We're talking to a lady from, Tim- from Tiggy Winkle's Sanctuary. But before that, we're going to listen to... I'm assuming they're some sort of pop group, are they? The Amazons? With a little record... That they, I mean, they've called it Black Magic. That's, that's what they've done. They're, they've released it into the world, and I just wish them every success. Let's have a listen to that, and after that, we will listen to... Uh... You're going to call Tiggy Winks. Yeah. Am I? And who will I be talking to when I get there? A Edmund. lady. Edmund. Called Tracy. Francesca. Francesca, the lady. <laughs> Why are you talking this on air? Why? <laughs> listen, look, we can all enjoy a little bit of Black Magic now. Everyone just relax. Just listen to this from the Amazons. Russell Brand Radio. X. That's, uh, I think they've done remarkable with that record, haven't <laughs> they? They've <laughs> really pulled it out of the bag, the Amazons here, with Black Magic. Well done. Good on you. But this show's not just about me, even though it is called The Russell Brand Show. You can communicate with us, if you want to, at Radio X on Twitter. Uh, or if you want to get involved in this competition, I'll doubtlessly do in a minute. 83936, you can text us on that. Or you can email me. A lot of people have got in touch already. Radio X, Rusty Rockets. Did you name the fox, says Meg. I've told you I did, and I've mentioned its name once, and I'll mention it again, and who knows, maybe that'll come up in the competition. This is from someone who texts us, so I won't... Oh, it's Lizzie. Russell, I got bit by a fox Easter weekend. My dog and I got into a ruckus, and I was the... Me- it, and it, my dog got into a ruckus. I was the mediator. I'm the one and only mediator. I ended up with a fox bite and a tetanus in my bum. Maybe you should have gone for the free jab. <laughs> Lizzie. So did you turn tetanus down? Uh, no, no, I would have loved it. I would have loved but a tetanus they said, no, you don't need to. They said, like, <coughs> they said, over a lifetime. 
over a lifetime. A person has about five jabs or something. I don't know. It gathers right. up. It gathers time. They went. Well, not somebody who would have. I think I religiously had my tetanus jab because my mum told me to get it yeah. topped up. Being a nurse. Yes. I can't imagine you. We're like, oh, it's five years since my tetanus. <laughs> I know, I'm against getting those kind of jabs. I remember when we once thought that we'd been near a baby that had meningitis. You were bothering everyone in, oh, yeah. in, that worked for the NHS for wait, days, yeah. weren't you? No, we were told no. you might have been exposed to meningitis. Take these tablets. They turn your urine red. Cool. <laughs> it's almost worth it just for that. Now, you can probably hear Bear crunching his way through a bone in the background. And it's and we're all of us curious of what happened to this fox I rescued. A little darling of a fox. Now, uh, we've got on the line... A lady here who I mistakenly referred to as Tracy, which is actually called Francesca, who works for Tiggy Winkles, a fine animal charity. Let's have her on the line right away immediately. Are, are you there, Francesca? Yeah, I'm here. Hello. All right, mate. How's it going? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Well, firstly, I misjudged your class. I think because of the word Tiggy Winkles and uh, your name Francesca, I've, I'm jumping down a few glottal stops to meet you. Francesca, you work at Tiggy Winkles in Aylesbury. What's the most... <laughs> it, don't you? What's the most... Uh, what's the most... Oh, Tiggy Winks. <laughs> I, for some reason, I sort of said Tiggy Winkles. That's my own problems. <laughs> That's my private life sneaking into the equation, Francesca. I'm sorry about that. Have you met okay. uh, Edmund the Fox yet? I have indeed, yes. How's he getting on? He's doing very well. Um, he's eating um, really mm. well and he's in with other fox cubs uh, to help him socialise. Oh. Um, How many fox cubs been... you got there? At the moment, we've got about 15. You've got 15 foxes? So, um, yeah. So foxes are coming in quite frequent. If they're coming in thick and fast, how come? Uh, it's a number of reasons, really. Um, people are just finding them out and about on their own which is obviously not a good sign and um, so obviously something must have happened to mum uh, oh, people dig up oh. or find um, you know do a lot of gardening this time of year as well so they might find the dens and dig them up and which scares mum and mum wouldn't return so majority <laughs> of them are orphaned and we get the odd ones that have been hit by cars oh. as well 15 so. of them how are they cooperating with one another don't they sort of like you know argue and fight uh, not really, but that's part of them learning and, and you know, uh, socialising and, and learning how to fend for themselves and, and fight over food. Mm. Uh, so it's always good. But they're not all in one area. We've separated them into three groups. Um, and ah. then they're in, like, sets of five. Three uh, groups of five. Well, how's yeah. Edmund's group getting on and how's Edmund doing in the gang? Is he, is he risen to the top like in the film Scarface where Tony Montana <laughs> yeah. comes over from Cuba? He is, um, yeah, he's, you know, he can hold his own. He's good, very good. Good lad, good lad. Um, yeah. no, I knew there was something about him. Now, something about this fox, I thought when I see him by the roadside, I discovered him, he was like a young Mike Tyson. I thought, I'm, I was like Cuz D'Amato. I thought, I'm going to take you to the top, kid. And then I <sighs> took him to Miss Tiggy Winks. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Tiggy Winkles, actually. Francesca, what Tiggy is it Winkles. called? Tiggy, Tiggy Winkles. Winkles. It is Tiggy yeah. Winkles. Oh, you got it wrong. See? Yeah. Why would you correct us away? Yeah, of course it's well done, Matt. Well done for respecting British culture and British children's literature. Tiggy Winkles, she was a hedgehog. What's the best animal you've got in there at the moment, Francesca? And um, I mean most exotic and unusual and peculiar. At the moment, we don't have anything unusual. What's the weirdest British... thing you've ever had? The weirdest thing we've ever had would be uh, something called a zorilla. What the it's hell? A, like a, it's an African polecat. So it looks a bit like a skunk, but um, oh. someone mistake mistake mistook it for a badger in the house so we went out this was many years ago yeah. and um obviously we t brought it in and 
like, we call it rehomed because obviously our main, you know, we can only take British wildlife and we Quite only right. deal with British wildlife. So, <laughs> and our main thing is the hospital. So, it got rehomed. <laughs> What's that Zerilla doing in someone's house anyway? We weren't sure. No one claimed it. Um, so, we're not uh, very, we're just, yeah, he we have no us. idea. Would I have had any chance of raising that fox to be my own? Training it up, perhaps putting a waistcoat on it, giving it a cigarette and a cigarette holder, and making it part of my act. Yes or no? No. <laughs> no, you're quite right, Francesca. Would you have lived in, in a domestic environment, though? Could you have a pet fox? No. My Uncle um, Jimmy did. Purdy. My <laughs> Uncle Jimmy, he lives in the countryside. And my Uncle Jimmy. My, my Uncle Jimmy, he's got feelings for me. <laughs> my Uncle Jimmy, he had a fox called Purdy because he shoots animals. Like, he's a right. like, person out in Essex countryside shooting things. Anyway, like, he come home one time with Purdy the fox. He had ferrets in his garden and everything. He's sort of like one of them wild country folk. Purdy the fox, she was all right. She lived with the dog. She was nice. I liked her. <laughs> anyway, I've killed the guy. <laughs> I think we never got past the Munkle Jimmy moment, did we? <laughs> hey, hey, we'd like to help your charity, Tiggy Winkles. It is a charity, isn't it? It's not something you're running yes, for money. You're not flogging them foxes at, at great no. expense to tourists. No, it's a charity. <laughs> yes, we are. So how can we help you? Make a donation. How do we find you? Go to tiggywinkles.com. That's it, tiggywinkles.com um, on our website and you can do donations and there's advice on there as well if ever you do come across any injured or orphaned British wildlife. So you're, tell you all about and you're open 24 hours a day because I was trying to find another place to. I was trying to like when I was looking, I was thinking, oh my god, what am I going to do with this baby fox? Tiggy Winkles was the only place that was open and up for it all hours. There's no moment of the day that Tiggy Winkles ain't up for a, a little fox cub. No, no, we are open 24/7. There's always a nurse here on site. You're brilliant. You're doing the child of dream because most kids, they want to grow up either to be some sort of tremendous show-off like myself or they want to help animals if they've got a, a, an iota of altruism in their little black hearts. And you've gone the route of kindness. Well, well done, Francesca, for helping the beautiful creatures of Great Britain. It's really kind of you. Thank you. And thank you for you to bring them over to us. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> really glad. We're going to phone up for regular updates. I'd like to see if there's, um, if he at any point takes on my attributes or traits. Just keep an eye on that fox because I, th I think he's got a bright future. Francesca, thanks again. And we will support Tiggy Winkles in any way we can. Ta da, love. Your fox That's is dead. It was dead when it arrived. <laughs> it was dead. D O A. <laughs> that fox is on a posh lady's head now, prancing around Mayfair. There's <laughs> a little hat. We're on Facebook Live if you want to look at us. I'm the tall one. Matt's the drunk one. G's the black one. That's the way we operate on Radio X. <laughs> I'm standing up looking all nice. Look at those nipples coming through my top. What more adverts? We've only just had an advert. <laughs> can't be adverse yet. It can't be. Matt, you want to talk about computer games, don't you? Man, just a gal just I want to talk about the happen. African Zorilla. That's what I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, what about the Zorilla exactly. in Manila? She just said, oh, he just went away somewhere. Yeah, where'd he go, that Zorilla? Would it? No, they rehoused him, she did say. It's British-only wildlife, right? Yeah, because that's not, I don't think, a, like, that's not like a UKIP move. I think what they're saying, other political parties are available. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's an election on now, so if you mention any political party, you've got to mention all the others. Uh, there's no, no, you one can't. called Labour, there's one, there's Greens. It's not um, as simple as that. Then there's Lord Snooty, he's good. He's good, he's brilliant. He's taking it there. It's like Boss Hogg. I know that T-shirt yeah. probably cost a lot of money, but... Yeah. But it essentially looks like a T-shirt with two brown stains on it. So what? <laughs> <laughs> there's one that was just, yes, heart, that's the stain where my heart would be, if I still had one. And then uh, there's another one lower down by the loin. 
but what? I don't understand. Is there anything on the back? Why are you attacking me about T-shirts, son? We're trying to work out where this Zorilla is, and even what the hell is a Zorilla, and why is it... If you're naming an animal, why give it a name that's so much like another animal's name? It's like... It's like Godzilla. Or and gorillas, mate. This, this is, is Radio X. Russell Brand. You know, Russell Brand, I am here, and this is me on Radio X. We're going to do a competition. Come and see me on my rebirth tour. I'm doing like loads of dates from all around the country for between now and May next year. But to win tickets to whatever gig you want to come to, this week I'm in Oxford and where? Coventry. Where else am I, Jenko? It's this on the link somewhere. Do you know, mate? I'm all over the bloody gaff with this show, I'll tell you that. Coventry, Oxford, Southport, Cambridge, some of them are sold out. Cheltenham, Coventry, sold out, but Oxford didn't come to. Anyway, if you want to come and see me, answer this and send the answer to 83936. What did I call that fox that I was talking to then, the baby fox? Did I call it A, Edmund, or did I call it B, Felicity? Don't say A or B. What? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you say that. Keyword is rebirth. Send Edmund or Felicity to rebirth. 83936, get a pair of free tickets sent to you, come where you want. Then after the show, I will uh, release a baby fox into your garments. <laughs> it'll scurry up your abdomen, it'll lay its eggs in your armpit, it'll raise its eggs in your belly. I actually, I'm glad you did that, because when she said he's lost, he might have lost his mum, mm. so he's left his little den. Yeah. Mum? Mum? Oh. I know, it's hard, isn't it? But now he's, he's fine. He's a, he was an hardcore little guy. He's going to be okay. I could tell from the way he bit me that he's got the trips part to make it through life. Yeah. He's going to be all right, that fox. But I do worry about animals released into the wild because they're often a bit like a, a, a feet, aren't they? Oh, no, I don't. Once when I'm I, not uh, going to bite that bloody bison. Bring me a sandwich. <laughs> like that. Well, yeah, but then they would have, <laughs> through evolution, they would have just died off, wouldn't they? That's the cruel, cruel evolution, you absolute swine. I found some baby birds once. When I, I just got expelled from school. I literally Ooh, came badass. home. Ooh, you know, I'm crazy. From the wrong side of the tracks. Right? <laughs> yeah, you got expelled. came home and there was these baby birds in my garden. How many? About four or five. On the lawn? No, no, sort of around the side of the house. <laughs> like all cheeping and chirping. Feathers and or bold? Feathery, but right, really little, like mm. all fluffy, and sort of like barely, like just able to sort of hop around, mm. squawking. They look mm. like they might be blind. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Starlings? Uh, sorry? <laughs> I said, I love you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, they, I don't know whose they were. Um... I put them in a box yeah. and I fed them from a little teat and yeah, and, and a little pair of tweezers gave them bits of little mints and stuff. And how long did you pee that out for? Because you don't strike me as having a sort of very young person's breakdown. I think because mm. I've been expelled from school and I'd sort of put all my I've got to keep these birds alive. Right, my education stuff. Like ET's flower. What? E.T. had that flower, didn't he? If the flower dies, E.T. dies. Years. Well, you should, mate, because it's really it still was got creepy. it. Creepy. It what should you mean, never creepy? be made. It should have been made. It should be applauded. It's one of the great movies. E.T., in a way, is a messianic figure, comes down from another dimension. Messianic? Of course he is, the way he helped little Elliot with his homework. No end of... I need to watch it again. I don't know any of these references. All I remember is a glowing finger. Yep, that's and part the, of it. And a bicycle across the moon. Yeah, they... Yeah. <laughs> He's a lovely lad, E.T. Disturbing. They showed it at my primary school. And then there's that finger docking. The finger bobbing. One finger touches another finger, much like the Sistine Chapel ceiling. So there you go. Can't go wrong. It's reference to the renaissance there in one thing so go on so you, you're having a young person's mental breakdown you're yeah. trying to raise a box full of baby birds using mints which frankly is the wrong type not of food not mints as in like spearmint I mean mints yeah little mint. bits of mints they're yes, not going to eat little bits of mints meat like little worms they're not going to want bollock nays by baby words well, I wasn't a... putting 
herbs Ragu. on it. I was like, just, they, they liked that. And they mm. liked the little drips of water I gave them. them. They died, didn't they? Yes. Every uh, one of them, no, one by one, they, they dropped stank. off. They stank, right? And they lived in a cardboard box and they pooed in it, obviously, because mm. I didn't give them a little what? other box to go to the toilet in. No. And my mum made me put them in the garden. To their death. Them. Yeah, cats oh. ate them within an hour. It's a cruel, cruel world out there on Radio X. <laughs> you can't argue with that, can you? Oh, that's Sometimes how... it's better just not to intervene in nature. Don't intervene with nature. You know. Interventionism versus non-interventionism. It's an interesting philosophy, Matthew. I'm, I'm always trying to get my hands on nature myself. I've always wanted to well, get involved. Well, you've set up a mad little uh, enclave where you've got chickens, chickens bees, bees, bear. Yeah, the bees have stung the dog. You're living... Day one, they stung him. Day one. They come, right. like, they arrived, Bear stuck his snout up their hive. Out they came. He ran around trying to wipe his nose <laughs> on the garden. You know, like when Robbie Fowler done that gold mouth celebration of trying to snort up the white line. Bear just <laughs> ran down the garden going... Rub <laughs> <laughs> his nose on the grass. Snow, Julie, me a new boo. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was really... But you're living in a sort of version of, you know, that, that little game where someone has to, you know, use sort of like a word game. We say, like, there's a farmer with a boat and he's got chickens and a fox. He's got to get to the other side of the river. Yeah, yeah. You're sort of living in a sort of... You can't put the fox... You, you can't put the... Yeah. Can't put the can't baby put the baby because the bees. I bring the dog can't in. Oh, the, chickens. the bees oh, no, the, the chickens. Baby. Oh, no. <laughs> the chickens are eating the bees. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. And you do live by the river. Oh, no. The river's a little boat. Let's get a network yeah. of tunnels. Oh, that guy. I am that guy. I'm that farmer from that that mental. Do you ever relax at home? I don't like relax. You're living in a mad zoo with no fences. Yeah, it is a bit mad there, but it, it, it's all right. I like it now. Hey, why don't we go to the Hellfire Caves? That's where people go in West Wickham. There are Hellfire Caves. I know where a lot about that? Do you? Why do you? Oh yeah, because you wanted to do Matt Morgan's Underground Britain as a TV show. Oh once. no, there was that as well. But I got I can't remember why I was talking about doing a project about something to do with the Hellfire Club. But when you look into it, it was all a bit sort of. What do you mean? Well, it's just posh people being beastly. <laughs> There's a network of caves in the chalk fields of West Wickham. I went there yesterday with my baby, and then the bloody bees. I had the bees in my pocket, and a chicken under my arm. <laughs> Bears on a long lead, and like um like well you know it sounded all right what they did. It was Dashwood wasn't Dashwood, it? Dashwood, Lord. Dashwood. Dashwood, he said, I'll start my own bloody caves. He went over to Turkey, saw caves there. Caves, is it, these Turks? Well, we can do anything they can do, we can do better. Started his own caves. But I think what they were down doing, doing down there was reading poems, and I think there was exploitation of sex workers and yes. misuse of drugs going on down there. prostitutes up as nuns. Oh. And they would, like, have, like, sort of weird debauched parties down there. Well, now it's a children's attraction. Like, cause yes. I, I mean, so like, how are they, how are you making that a children's attraction? Well, there's not still prostitute nuns down there, is there? It's, it's a... Kids yeah, but how caves. do you... Right, but you've it's, got to repackage it, like, it. It's a bit like the London Dungeons, isn't it? Right. Mate? That's a children's attraction. Yeah. yeah that's all about the it's plague about torture and, death. and menace and death. Yeah. It's like anything. Call of Duty World War Two. That's a computer game. Hang that's on a minute. It's available on PlayStation 4. <laughs> <laughs> Matt still Matt still thinks radio is going to lead to him getting a free gift one I've day. I've bought a PlayStation 4. I just want the virtual reality headset if anyone from <laughs> Sony is listening. I bet you might get a snow globe one day. You know, like a snowstorm you know where what? you shake I it? I promise this, That's uh, what you this might is honestly get. true. Mm. The only thing that being on radio or in my, you know, media the media... ever done for you. Go on. ...was once... Meeting me. I, no, well, that was great. Um, <laughs> I went to a stately home yeah. and someone recognised me. That's all this has ever got yeah, You me. went to a stately home. Slide. Where was on it? On the sly, all I've ever had is free tickets into a stately Which home. Which one? 
I can't remember. It was in uh, Tunbridge Wells or somewhere, and she recognised me. Hold on, met you, Matt Morgan. Yeah, I did that thing where some, Sir, like, someone come goes, this way, oh, Matt Morgan, and then the other person with them doesn't know who I am. So they go, "He's off the no, like he's on the radio with Russell." And they just go, oh, "I've never heard of him." Kilton, so it's on. even more embarrassing. People loved him. Didn't know. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if he's off the okay. radio. Yeah, you can let him in for free. It's only like, three pounds. Only three pounds. Rubbish. Just some dusty old lugs. I walked away. I did feel like. Felt like. Who were you with? My wife and child. You, your wife and child, you're at a stately home, freeloading on the British taxpayer. Buy it for free, is it? Alright, stick with me, son. Got any more stately homes to look at? It's the A-list, darling. That's amazing, see? Um, well, I think that we should probably get uh, something free. Uh, um, the thing is, mate, don't play computer games too often because it will corrupt your reality. I, I, just yesterday, I went to a shopping centre and I bought, like, an old game, a, a pre-owned game. When I like to think of the previous owner playing it. Black Flag, Assassin's Creed. I do love doing those assassinations, um, I must say. And But, like, I, I, play, I play it for too long and I lose Well, myself. that's why I just bought Hitman. Because I want to... What I like is, mm. just say it where it's slow and considered. And if yeah. you don't feel like doing anything energetic, you can just walk around and Relax, look at things, I right? Mind. I like that. I played The Witcher 3 on your recommendation. Mm. And it pressure. wasn't as good as Skyrim. You can't swim without drowning. Well, well I can't. You won't need to work on that, mate, because I have a lovely dip in Witcher 3. Uh, that's one of the ways I unwind. But the thing is, is they're a humorless bunch, the people in those games. They're always in this yeah, game. Witcher 3, he's got yeah. that Batman gravel voice. Well, I guess, me. And then they try and be funny. And I think, I'm not watching this. But there's one time, the, one of the tasks was I had to go and meet this Earl. Right? Right. And then there goes, uh, when you you're meeting the Earl... You. Hmm? I bet you loved that. Oh, I was ever so much looking forward to it. You have to go and put on a special outfit and you choose the right one. I chose a lovely costume for the Witcher. <laughs> and then there goes, um, then the person who's about to... The emissary, the ambassador, where goes, you're about to meet the Earl now and you have to bow before him. And this is the way to do the bow. And Witcher goes... I bow before no man, right? <laughs> and then, but nonetheless, you have to practice this bow with the emissary. Then he takes you to the guy, and then it goes, "Okay, here's the ambassador." He'll let you in to meet the earl. And he goes, "Oh, it's nice." He sat behind the desk. And he's rubbing himself. This right, earl. Right. He sat behind the desk, and he's very do you, snooty. Do you do the bow with your own buttons, or does it just you? Choose? You have to do a particular type of bow because it's right arm first. No, he goes right. Goes right. You know, do the greeting, and then it goes, "Are you going to bow?" And a right. countdown comes: five, four, three, two. I panicked and bowed. Right? Oh, 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 liquor. Oh. You didn't panic at all. You were always going to bow. <laughs> I wasn't going to bow. It was it the was. countdown. I bet you couldn't wait to bow. And then afterwards, it, it, the geezer goes, I thought you said you bowed to no man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've really That's let him good. down. Oh, oh, the whole rest of the game, I inconsistent. thought. Inconsistent. I kowtowed to the establishment, Matt. Why did I do it? Perhaps it's because... That's what you've done in Henley as well. No, hold on, they're uh, lovely this, people. This silly old book about... <laughs> I like a posh people. <laughs> All this stuff about bringing down the government. No, 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 don't do any oh, of that. Oh, good Thatcher. <laughs> what? Let's get our roof done. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, because we've now got to do something very important. Because Remember last week we were talking about how hard I am and what a conventional alpha male I am, such as one who might survive on an island that would never bow for no man. Yes. I curtsied at that, Earl. <laughs> I curtsied. I was in your knickers. I spread my little cheeks, winked over my shoulder, said, Early bird catches the worm, your lordship, sweet swoo. And then the little bluff come out. Now, if you want to learn about alpha males, which we were discussing last week with ourselves, Woody Arlson, Mr. G, all of us free, then you can learn more by talking to a top anthropologist called Dr. Pam Spur, who Matt and I are pretty convinced we've met before, haven't we? We've met her on, uh, through a phone call. 
Yeah, well, that's as good as it gets with us these days. We shouldn't be out there relationship counselling. That's right, and it's, uh, frankly, as long as you allow me to be who I am, and I don't smother, Matt, I think we've got a bright future. But before we get into anthropology and how hierarchies are organised in different conditions, have you ever considered any of this? Russell Brand. This is Radio X. Well, that was nice, because that jingle saved me a lot of talking. I would have said those things, but that that person's already done it. And that was some news with, what was her name? Amelia... Uh, what's her name? From Amelia Fox? Amelia Cox, yeah. Mm. And in a minute, G, we're going to be talking to... Because um, Matt's not here. Yeah, that's right. Matt's yeah. gone. Yeah, Matt's left. We've moved on from... <laughs> I mean, I think it's because we brought up the relationship counselling. I think it caused problems. I mean, we've got, we've got a lady on the phone. Okay. Dr. Pam... Uh, Pam... <laughs> Just say it, Jeeves. This is why we need Matt. Spur. That's it. Yeah, it's no, it's no problem. I think people know there's other people in the room. Um, we'll be talking to Pam Spur in a minute about um, hierarchies, structures, <laughs> monkey communities. What have you been doing out there, Mr Morgan? Just a, a gentle wee-wee? Did you get caught up while you were there? I started looking at my face in the mirror and then... What do you mean? Were you worried about yourself? No, just sort of like, you know, I forgot, basically, that I had one minute. You that, forgot we were doing a show. Yeah. We've got, yeah, that's easy. For, people can lose themselves. Now, we've got Dr. Spam... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry about this, because Pam Spur is here, and I keep saying her name wrong. I'm ever so sorry. Pam, are you, are you there, Doctor? This is Russell Brand. Hello, Mr. Brand. Yes, and you don't have to call me Doctor, darling. We've spoken before. Yeah, we have. Last time, I didn't sound like Barry White, but I was... I had four hours on the dance floor after my daughter's wedding last night. Mm. You know, whooping, hollering, singing, shouting. So I sound like Barry White. Congratulations <laughs> on, on your daughter's nuptials. Was it, how do you feel as the mother of the bride? Was it a happy occasion? Oh, my God. It was epic. It was just incredible. So, um, yeah, I can't say more than that. <laughs> Why? Did you do something wrong? <laughs> Drinky no, poos. Had a blast. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Morgan, who's um, does this radio show with me, he's, he, he himself has been drinking last a night. Fragile. He's a little fragile this evening. That's perhaps why he lost himself it's in the evening. mirror in the toilet. It's the morning. This is the morning. But he doesn't sound like Baza. You know, I sound like Baza White. <laughs> don't don't feel um, self-reproachful about your voice. I've never known such a lovely voice on a female. You sound absolutely delightful, if I may say so. Oh, thank you. You're always the charmer. <laughs> I, I do try to be kind to other people, because this is what the Dalai Lama taught me. He said, Russ, Russ, old son, he put, put a friendly arm around. He said, I've learned a hell of a lot from you about the spiritual world. He said, basically, we're all one. Be loving to other people, and it'll all come back at you. And then he stuck his tongue out, gave me a little friendly punch on the arm, <laughs> leapt on his BMX. I never saw him again. That's the last I saw of his holiness. His holiness, the Dalai Lama, shot off out my life. Now, the reason we got you here, Dr. Pam Spur, is because of your psychological, sociological, and anthropological knowledge, all of which seems to go out the window the minute there's a ring on your daughter's finger when you become a drunken, lecherous loon of a woman, <laughs> caterwauling and shrieking and making love with strangers on a light-up floor. <laughs> Possibly. Oh my god, I danced with so many different guys. It was so much fun. Are you in a relationship? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I how I feel about that, Dr. Pam. Is it, how's, your, how's your partner about the, you dancing with different men? Well, he knows I love to dance. And I dance with the girlies, too. Hey, All I'm right. not sexist. Mm. 
<laughs> no, no, go for it, go for it. Is your daughter's, is your, as far as we know, your daughter's only getting married once. We don't know. These are modern times. Could be many, many, could be the first of many. No, that's not what you say <laughs> the day after. No, this is for life. And marriage is for life, not just for Christmas. All right, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's many others. for Christmas, we all know. Can we, no. can we just start <laughs> this conversation again? Dr. Pam Spurs here. And l- last week we were talking about uh, alpha males. Now, Matt said, because I'm, I suppose, somewhat camp, that I can't be an, an alpha male. Now, I took umbrage at that because I've... The campness. You pig. Now, perhaps I've got a fragile eggshell ego or something like that. I mean, it would have surely come up by now. You can see the dog wandering around on the... You can look at us on Facebook if you want. You can see Bear roaming around the studio devouring Focus things. Focus on the interview. Oh, I wish I was there. I wish you were oh. here, especially now we know that you're some sort of uh, decadent hedonist like Toya Wilcox <laughs> in the 1980s, <laughs> rampaging up and down Charing Cross Road in patent liver stilettos. Leather, not liver. From the DJ. <laughs> oh, my God, you really went for it. So, Pam, tell us what a bloody alpha male is, for God's sake, before someone here loses an eye. <laughs> well, this is where you guys are going wrong, because when we talk about hierarchy and we talk about sort of status types, I think you're a sigma with beta traits. Now, let me Ooh. tell you what a sigma male is. I hate the sound a of this. A sigma is Sounds an like alpha oh. who's the outsider alpha. Ooh. He does things his own way. Yes, oh, he does. He's dominant, yeah. but yeah, he's dominant. not necessarily part of a group. So yeah, he's screw really them. out there on his own. Oh, now, now, listen, guys, James Dean is the, the person they always cite as a classic yep. Sigma Alpha. I'm a lot like James Dean. A lot no, like but you're, you are out there as a total individual. But total, you have your beta total. side. Your you're beta, lovely kind of sensitive no, kind, no, loving no, to animals. I now you're animals. a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you're Sigma with beta traits. I'll punch them to Think death. <laughs> um, what, darling? I'm saying that. about the animals. It's to be alpha. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind being stigma as long as Jimmy Dean's a stigma. Then I'll be one with him. So what's stigma. the com- so these these or stigmata? I could be because I love the Lord and it is a Sunday. And but like so, no, th- it's still sigma, not stigma. Same thing. Same <laughs> thing, dear. Pam, don't teach your grandmother suck eggs. By Jove, I've got enough of them in that garden. Those dirty birds. So they don't stop for a second. Um, like because an alpha, you see, an alpha is more group oriented. So it's an alpha is. Mm. Dominant, but he's got the group around him. Okay, guys. That's the difference. He's like this. All right. So tell me, like, so in terms of, like, say we go Bill Gates, uh, Anthony Joshua, Woody uh, Allen, who's artist. <laughs> no, like say oh, well, that, I think we can say Anthony Joshua quite safely. He's solid, total alpha male, definitely. But, but what if in what if in a group situation, AJ's like, oh no, I don't want to talk to them. Oh no, I just want to go over here with me ball. Like, like would AJ? Well, would it like you know like because if it's like I thought alpha male is a as a categorization categorization system it means in a group will dominate group that's like that's how that's how it's used as a classification system exactly but but that's because people don't realise that we also have omegas now omegas are, is kind of the nerdy guy who doesn't have such great social skills Matt. he's very low on the pecking <laughs> order and often like in, in say like a radio grouping like like let's take you guys there's either a sigma or an alpha the guy who stands out then you've got like a co-presenter who's an alpha with beta traits and someone like Matt would probably fit that because the yes. alpha with beta traits has good communication skills no, and knows like when that. to defer to like the sigma who yes, you are see, in this group <laughs> that's true but then we've got defer. Got a gamma. No, you, I've got to tell Who's you about gamma? the gamma thing. Which one's grandma? <laughs> no. G can be well, grandma. grandma. <laughs> the gamma male is like the George Clooney type. The oh, no, G's not being George Clooney. No, no, I'm going to tell you who's that gamma. It's probably Neil, because 
Maybe. Someone like who's the executive producer, they're, they're kind of got alpha traits, but they've moved on. Well, he's like, he's like George Clooney. Okay. He's going to get his own Nesquik <laughs> deal, knocking out coffee capsules. <laughs> I won't have it. <laughs> So these systems... You know what I mean? The, how are these the systems... someone who once upon a time maybe tried to be an alpha, but now is, is sort of much more... Um, much more... He, he'll, he'll, he'll help the group. He's supportive. He's settled in life. And a good executive producer needs to be quite settled, supportive of the group, you know, has leadership qualities, and that's what makes <laughs> them a gamble. Wow! <laughs> but then, hang Gee, on. Gee, what are you saying? Does she, does she know Neil? Now, what, what I want to say is, like, you know... What I happens, don't know Neil. I'm no, only guessing. What, what happens when you... What happens when you meet people that like like I've been doing a lot of stuff with politicians recently which we can't what? talk about right but sexual stuff no 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 exactly <laughs> right. you touch their bodies for That's money got, be in one of the tabloids gotta, gotta pay the rent somehow <laughs> now what about when you get these folks that like give you that real hard alpha male handshake and do that stern stare into the I, eye I and they're always they're, yeah. that shows that they're weak they're yeah. titty birds well, some, faking yeah, absolutely. it it's, 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 it's sort of um it's a defense mechanism to, yeah. you know, overcompensate. And you don't want to overcompensate, do you? Just and compensate so, a little bit. Just yeah, to... just compensate a little bit. So when you overcompensate, you do go in for the over-alpha sort of, you know, those big handshakes. You're trying to take control, take power, but often that reveals that inside you are a bit worried about the situation. Dr. Pam. So a good alpha is confident. Dr. Pam, Dr. Pam. And, <laughs> Matt's sorry, got... sorry, I'm just Matt's rattling still, on. You're I'm still I'm drunk, Pam. Pam. Let Matt, Matt, Matt's, Matt's got a question, <laughs> you if, drunk loony. Can you be different uh, <laughs> categorizations in different groups? So oh, that's a really good question, Matt. Meals well done, Matt. Give him well a gold done. coin. That's what I want to. <laughs> that's what I'd like to know. Like, so someone can be an alpha in one group, and then maybe they then go and join the army, and then they be the best. Knocked down the ladder a bit. <laughs> well, exactly. No, it so you're not just like one an, thing. You you can. It depends on the environment. No, everybody's right. a mix of traits, which is Got why it. I say maybe maybe Matt, you know, your alpha and beta trait mix, uh, Russell Sigma and beta trait. I don't mix. like being this. And sigma. most people have a mix of traits. You're not solidly one thing, and it depends right. the group, the social group you're in. What 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 the goal of the group is and what then your part in that group is. Right. Determines Reagan Ward on, on Twitter says, do alphas or sigmas inexorably touch their nipples? Now, he's saying that because I'm on, <laughs> we're on Facebook now and I'm touching my nipples a hell of a lot and I've put two bottle tops up there and was squeezing them. It's just how I pass I, I, the I time when we talk about I didn't know my very white voice was turning you on so much that you want to Pam, you've got face. powers beyond reason. <laughs> now, like... I, oh, excuse me, burping on the uh, wireless. Now, one of the things I've noticed about myself, as per Matt's question, there's certain situations, say it's just me in the garden with my bees, by God I'm alpha around them, I tell them what to do, I snatch their <laughs> honey, I slam that lid shut. But when I was in the West Ham dressing room, as I was after, uh, I went to see West Ham Spurs the other day, West Ham won one nil, brilliant game. Uh, and I, I, Afterwards I went in the dressing room to see the captain, Mark Noble, it's his birthday. Yeah, yeah. Dressing room. This you, is like you've lost the me theater. with the football stuff. It's oh. all like kind of, you know, white noise in my ears. Yeah, so what's the point? White noise <laughs> is what we go for on this show. <laughs> it's, it's just shash. Um, no, well, I was the in the... Talk. The footy talk. talk loses me. I was in the dressing room with James Collins, centre-half, and Mark Noble, midfield engine and captain of the team. And I was noticing in that situation, I was jitterbugging and skittering around. I think I did some dusting at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I 
tidied up their shoes. Did you fall out the bottom of the alphabet? That's because you're in their domain. Right. So when you're I was in right up Mark Noble's. Domain, you will revert to, to a different type. So your beta side comes out. You're more, you're more supportive, you're quieter. Maybe you're, you're communicating, but you're not trying to take over. Because let's face it, you're never going to Great game, over. lads! Great game! Right, come here, give it a kiss, you old sod. Come here, Collins. <laughs> right, Jim, just have a go at those. Whoa! Actually, I did go... There was quite a lot of homoerotica shooting around that dressing room, I noticed. Oh, there's always... This it was me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> did you clean it up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of it got on the badge that was on the tiles. Like, uh, no, like, it's, a, sort of, it's an interesting environment, like all male environments. That's where you sort of... I mean, like, well, I the think... people walking around naked and sort of go... Just in little pants. Mark Noble, I've got to say, he looked Just absolutely gorgeous. Just in little pants. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little, nippy little left winger. Just in little pants. Look at him go. Oh, that step over. Hello, Justin Little Pants here. Oh, it's a lovely ball in the box from Little Pants. <laughs> no, you got to remember, if, if you got those guys into the Radio X studio, then they would be deferring That's to you. True. Although they they might be That's true. That's why when footballers wear suits, they look a bit stupid. Collins, Noble, you come round here, manor. We'll show you. I them in their kits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're gorgeous. That's the only thing I know about football. The guys look good in their kids. <laughs> well, I think, they, they, I mean, these two particularly were gorgeous. James Collins and Mark Noble. Beautiful performers, beautiful game. All right, is there anything else we should learn about these social structures? I mean, mostly, aren't these atavistic and irrelevant traits left over from when we were living in little monkey groups of communities of up to 75? My main man, Yoa, give us a Ferrari, told me once. Well, you know, that's, that's an interesting question, darling, but the thing oh, is, we are God, in like social groups still. We may have this veneer of socialisation, but underneath it all, we are still back in these sort of Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal days. Where, you and me, you know, baby, ain't nothing but camels, so let's do it <laughs> like they do it on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> I was saying that to Matt then, I'm not a sexist. Oh, exactly. the dog really got excited. Okay, so even though we may have evolved into a technological world, we're still... Uh, some bear, get off that desk! You can't drive the desk as well as I can. Alpha dog. The dog, he just alpha dogged his way in. Good boy. It's because I started singing, Pam. My dog's jumped up and started misbehaving. Aww. Pam... I want to meet, meet your dog. Come into the studio dog. next week and explore <laughs> us intimately. <laughs> Dr. Pam, wow. Dr. Pam that's Steer. That's kind of invitation. That's, that's the kind of thing we offer. Thank you very much for uh, joining us the day Thank after you. your daughter's wedding. I wish and the I happy couple... Yeah, I'm no more drinking, Pam. Don't drink in the bed. That's the, <laughs> no, I is, don't. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, I'll tell you. All right, bye-bye, dear. Bye. Nice bye. talking to you. Uh, you really showed me up. <laughs> in front of Dr. Pam. You really... Where do you get off? <laughs> do you, look at you, you're nice as pie now, but you get an anthropologist on the phone. What goes wrong? Oh, Pam, Pam, what you is your different jump scenarios? around eating a banana, touching yourself. Yeah, like singing, an alpha male monkey. Not listening. I wasn't listening. I wasn't, and I, I, do you know what? I'm not afraid to admit it. I don't listen. I don't listen to others. That's when I'm inside, in the thinky telly. Inside <laughs> my mind, I've got my own telly, and I do what I like in there. Bigger, harder, stinkier, better! This is Radio X. Russell Brand. People that are listening to this radio station for the music, I mean, they must be so annoyed, because it's just chat, 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 isn't it? Just... Absolute twaddle. <laughs> Russell Brand on radio. Everyone's. Well, you don't need to tune in to, for music, do you? No, just listen to your iPod. If you want to listen to music, guess what? There's this thing now where you can do what you want whenever you want. You're absolutely free. Why you're still interfacing with radio is an absolute mystery to me. You've got total dominion. Why would you hand over the power to a perfect stranger unless you wanted to hear their innermost thoughts, as does. Well, various people. Russell, you should turn your Fox story into a book. Then Ed Sheehan can play him in the movie adaption, says Martin Larby. That's a good idea. Mm. 
Do you think Ed's going to do it? Gee, you know Ed Sheeran, don't you? Yeah, he used to come down and perform at uh, Poetry Nights a long, long time ago. Yeah. Or perform poetry? Or no, he used to just come... <laughs> being Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran used to just be a, like, open mic guy just going around to every single night just with his little guitar playing. rich. Yeah. But now he's got a chance to be a fox in a film about a thing that happened. And that just shows you... Why you are they selecting it, him to be a fox? Because he's, he's got, got ginger hair. hair. I think that's what they're doing. Uh, is that why you're selecting him? Now, this is from Merkinzilla. He says, Well done, Russ. I fished a fox out of a freezing canal and dried it at my mum's house. <laughs> <laughs> why your mum's house, mate? Why wouldn't you take it around your own house? Because it's unhygienic. Yeah, yeah, do it at your mum's. That's better. Amy Haycock goes, I grew up in a rural area. I always used to take ducks from the dams and put them in the bath <laughs> and raise them as my own. <laughs> Amy? I love the alliteration, ducks from the dams. It's beautiful, yeah, isn't it? Beautiful. Take them ducks from the dams and raise them I told them you about own. when I found a, what I thought was a frog in my garden. What was it? A toad. Well, what's the big deal? What were you going to do Massive different? difference, right? What so were you going to do different I was mowing the lawn. Toads? You don't know much about listen, amphibians. Listen, right? right? I think I might have talked about this in some other meeting that we were once on, but if someone hasn't heard this, they might like it. <laughs> <laughs> don't ap never apologise for an anecdote, Matt. That is so Omega. I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was mowing the lawn and I found this thing hopping around and I mm. said to my son, look, look, a frog, a frog. And mm. I put it in a bucket and we'll take it to the lake and we release it. Right. And so we did. We walked about a mile to the park and then chucked it into the lake and it did swim mm. right and then that night i don't know why i sort of googled it and thought i wonder if that was the right thing to do because mm. he did swim quite panicked <laughs> and uh, i read about it and it, it was a toad and they only go to water once in their life they to don't breathe. they certainly don't jump into a lake you've really and put it through hell. also you shouldn't move them more than a few meters because their little domain is where they know right oh. so basically it's like taking a human to africa throwing them out of a plane good <laughs> and I'd sort of also sold it to my son as a huge life lesson from a wise old daddy. <laughs> Here you go, son. Pop the frog into the bucket, <laughs> sling it in there, and that's how to murder nature. <laughs> Good luck in the world, boy. Um, this person here says, My name is Kush. Oh, oh my God, we've got a doctor. Oh my God, we've got a doctor. We just have a doctor. We've got another doctor. We've Fair got doctors every week. I love a doctor. Get one. Mine, check this though, I'm, my name is Kush and I'm the official surgeon of the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society and if you really appreciate Matt, get him into more stately homes or get him some sort of 3D bloody, what do you want, a 3D thing for your PlayStation? PlayStation VR headset. It's all he wants, it's all he ever talks about this lad, yeah. is pl PlayStation VR, oh if I had that 3D thing, I could add zombies in 360, it's all he talks about, it's like tiny bloody one as well. Yeah, I'd love one if you don't mind. Um, but I'm not going to get one from a, a, a society that must listen to everything I do in order to get their appreciation of you and then has decided to set up a society appreciating someone who's not me. These people, they must loathe me because they know the <laughs> thing that I... They must be fans of you. I've, I've got nothing but contempt for them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love them, I love them. Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. This is Kush. He's the doctor of the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society. They've got their own infrastructure, Matthew. I'm fully prepared to pro provide services free of charge for Dear Matt's Snippity Snip. I think we could promote the event, sell tickets, and it could be the greatest show on earth. Could you please give a shout-out to all the lovely NHS staff working this weekend? Dr. Kush, UCH... London. Yes, and we do give a shout-out to all NHS staff. Yeah, well we done. Thanks a lot. Thanks for delivering my baby. Thanks my for... My babies. Saving my for wife's life. Saving our lives. lives my mum's life. Jeez, mum. Thanks, NHS. Thanks for saving our lives. And thanks, too, for potentially snipping a little gap into Matt's winkle pipe <laughs> to prevent any more Morgans. Contaminating, and I use the word deliberately, 
Earth. This is from Joe Summerfield. Rusty Rockets. Your fox might grow up, move to Paris and make it as a chef. He could make it as a chef. He could do whatever he would, could, wants, that fox. What do they do with them? They can't keep adult foxes. They must have to... They can't release them back into the wild. Out they, they go, Sam. Just say... <laughs> Stick it in a bucket, throw it in a pond. There's a life lesson from your wise old dad. There you go, Foxy, swim to freedom. <laughs> it's like Kevin Costner's Waterworld. Terrible way to treat someone. Um, yeah, I suppose they just do that, do they? They just let it back into the wild at the appropriate time. Hey, listen, if you uh, want to come and see me in that competition... No, not in a competition. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see me do a competition more like it, 83936, send either the word Felicity or the word Gareth's middle name, Edmund, to... A or B? That's not the competition. <laughs> it's send rebirth. Re send rebirth Felicity or rebirth Gareth to 83936 to win tickets. That sounded roughly right, didn't it? Anyway, yeah, you can... Got there in the end. We got there, didn't we? Apparently, Matt, you should play the game Dark Souls, says someone who's texted you. It's yeah, a dark hard. fantasy, slow-paced, atmospheric. You'd love it. Apparently, yeah, you'd love maybe, it. yeah. Well, come on, mate. Come on. Why don't... I can't help you if you won't help me help, darling. Should we listen to some adverts? It'll only be a couple of minutes. It'll be Go back to us. Russell Brand. Radio X. You're listening to me, Russell Brand, on Radio X. We've still got half an hour of fantastic entertainment coming your way. There may be one more commercial break, but by Jingo, there's a competition running. We're possibly going to talk to a dominatrix. We've got Matt Morgan here, looking rosier and healthier than I've ever seen him in my life. And this person here from the uh, Brandy Strippers says that they love all of us. They love G and they love me. Not as much as they love Matt, evidently, obviously. No, the Brandy Strippers, that's your little group, isn't it? They, I see them as very much a, 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 a terror cell that could at any moment go well off grid. And uh, good luck to them. But they can get you, Matt Morgan, into an exhibition about the Russian Revolution if you want to go into it. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute, that's I'd one go, of the great I'd revolutions. Go. It'll be some good stuff in there. You can learn about Rasputin, you can learn about the Tsar, you can learn about a a Anastasia, you can learn about all sorts of stuff. It's going to be a terrific. What do you terrific. know all about it? Because you made Trotsky, up on revolution. October Palace. Yep. Well, you two November. are just saying things. We know stuff about the revolution, mate. Don't you worry about that. It was, uh, you want to watch old Lucy Worsley on uh, the Tsars leading up to the Russian Revolution. In fact, watch all of Lucy Worsley's documentaries on BBC4. She's a damn fine historian. She's got soft R's. I said ours. She says things like, Russian Revolution. She doesn't. She does, and she says things like, with, they came in with guns. She's an absolute Shame. darling woman. With. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's an curious way of speaking. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I like them. Keep yeah. saying oh, it. Why well, are they from the north? I don't know. I've just heard people say it. If you say that, why not come on our show? <laughs> say as if know they say it. They won't know. You won't. That's the real tragedy. You don't even know you're saying it, does with you? Them. You don't know how much you've hurt me. And now some items that I'm going to rattle through, like one of the award-winning broadcasters that I am. Here it go. Karen says, when I'm on tour, I get these requests in the dressing room, which I have to say <laughs> no to these days. Now, I get these requests for uh, autographs, right? And, like, they're written to a formula. So I don't think they're legitimate and genuine requests for autographs. What would this be in 2017 as well? But look at this one from Karen. It says, would it be possible for you to sign the enclosed cards for my children and I? 
I've collected autographs since I was a child. My prized autograph is Winston Churchill. I'm so pleased my children have decided to join me in this wonderful hobby. They like to print a picture from the internet and put it with the autographs in a bespoke album. I have to admit, it does make a great piece of history. That's a weird piece of language, isn't it? As you can imagine, I have a tendency to want to collect modern autographs, which I don't mind, as it broadens <laughs> my collection, but I like to think I'm also broadening their minds. I hope this request is not an intrusion on you, and I do hope you can fulfil it. I'm sure you're inundated with requests like this. Yeah, I am. Exactly like this, which makes me think this is a formula. So hang on, the, that wording has occurred yeah. before. In yeah, other yeah there's alterations of, like, you know, the, the my prized autograph, but there's always, a, like, a, sometimes there's always some sort of emotional attachment to the idea of the autograph, like, I'm writing this from the hospital bed. The my autograph collection's the only thing what keeps me going. I'm trying to... And it makes me... And the, the formula is so sort of similar that it makes me... And this one, actually, this one from St. Helens, I've actually think I've seen that postcode before. I get a lot of time in the dressing room to study these <laughs> things. But, like, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary so you, thing. Do you think there's some sort of scam i send them anyway i mean like it doesn't it doesn't harm me to send off these autographs but i just was surprised by the in what corollary. form do you say, like a signed picture i take a little bit of genetic material from my passageway <laughs> <laughs> no i just just sign this little card they send the oh, cards right. as well so it's no it's not like a like I, I begrudge doing it it's just the extraordinariness of getting these things that are so similar that sell like david beckham's signature of a picture of him right and the, yeah. the signature's just on a card that's right and then yeah, you do the picture so yeah i think it's just that but why do they say that that they you know they've been collecting autographs since they were a child and their favorite ones winston well, churchill the, the, and all that the um, implication <laughs> to that <laughs> is that <laughs> Well, we've had to start collecting modern ones like you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. almost like she'd rather just be collecting famous historical figures mm. autographs, but she's had to slum it for her kids. <laughs> or maybe they just assume that, like, you might admire Winston Churchill. I do. Right? I that's, don't. Yeah, that's I what she's trying to do. Right? What's it against yeah. Churchill? No, you'll be on I, the I just don't page. like the way he's used, like, just used. I mean, in the sense... Use her! Use her! I don't know. I can go real deep on it. But I know, you know all that Dresden stuff. I know we got a bit near the, the stuff. It's just the fact that, like, boy, you just like, to me, Winston Churchill. I don't know. You, I don't find an him icon admirable. of warmongering. Warmonger. A colonial figure. Killer. Mm, maybe we shouldn't be. Should we be? <laughs> Hmm. I mean, maybe we should look beyond the ideas of sovereignty and national state into a utopian idea where, that we should be non-violent. But he makes good quotes, though. He makes brilliant quotes. Have you ever, have you ever read with Twitter, him? He, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, oh. very, very clever. Very clever. You'll yeah. be, yeah. be sober in the morning, you'll still be ugly. He's <laughs> 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 not some drunk old granddad in a bathchair. Oh, no. He was a drunk old granddad. He was, actually. Good point. But he was also, like, a lot of people won't like us criticising dear Winston Churchill in this manner. It's particularly not the version of him in The Crown, as played by John Lithgow in the Netflix programme. Certainly not what's around with her requests for autographs. Not that lady, Karen. Karen from Made Up Land. But what she's doing is imagination. She's trying, to, she's trying to get you to say, okay, if I sign this, then I'll be as great as Winston yeah, Churchill. Yeah, that, that's, that's quite obvious. Yeah. And, oh, and like that's that the person who sold you that fish by saying, sent the, the autograph. I'll be in the book with Churchill. Oh, I like this. We will never surrender by our brand. We'll <laughs> fight them on the beaches, older us. Well, it's, an, it's a curious business. Dear. Yeah. I mean, I'm just surprised. Is there, why don't you send course. them a letter and go, who are you and is this a scam? And show me exactly who you are and where you're from. If you are that person, show yourself. Show yourself to me. Reveal yourself on Facebook Live like we have done. Show yourself. Show your torso. Hi, Russell and Matt. 
I'm interested as why you've started using your Winston Churchill voice so frequently, <laughs> says George Allen in Derby. Hey, I've listened to lots of Radio 2 podcasts from the past and watched you a fair bit, but this impression, I don't think I am. Churchill will never surrender. Uh, I, I came oh, down darling. to the kitchen in the middle of the night and I took an emery board and I filed down the tip of the dog's penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I, your late father, majesty of an evening, would file down the tip with, he would take an emery board but between his finger and thumb. I don't know going on. <laughs> That sounds um, more like Admiral Akbar from Star Wars. It's a trap! It's a trap! <laughs> Listen. He did not that say guy like that. Died. Listen, I don't even know what you're talking about. That was real. That was a mask. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Right, let's see what's going on now. I've listened to... Why have you started doing that voice? Because Winston Churchill, he's coming up a lot, and perhaps it's just a new... Uh, voice in my range. I don't know. As you know, I'm a versatile guy. Oh, are we really going to talk to Faith Fox, Triple X, from Findom.org, a self-proclaimed cam legend, a virtual adult entertainment industry, self-declared illumi naughty princess? Matt, you're going to have to handle this interview. No, don't make me do it. This sounds like... Choppy waters... Choppy waters, choppy waters, choppy waters, choppy waters. Well, no, because it's... Mate, have you seen the picture of her? Yeah, she looks like Carly Simon. <laughs> You're so vain. <laughs> Suggested questions. What is financial domination? <laughs> what is your clientele like? All right, I can handle this, I can handle it. We'll what be, is when a, we talk a beta a male later. pay pig? <laughs> what is a beta male? Right, so later on we're going to be talking to a dominatrix and I will be doing it in a very restrained a way. financial dominatrix. So it, I mean, you she only explain. dominates you financially. Yeah, so it's not it's not particularly sexual. <laughs> it's, it's just This call she... will be costing us... You know, oh, no, I hope we're on the normal hour. phone line. We're going to get mugged right off. School apologises for yearbook photo of students dressed as Nazis. Mm, I should think so. Why would you do that for a school? The school's principal wrote a letter explaining that the picture was taken during a history lesson, fair enough, called The Nazis in Power, Discrimination, Obedience and Opportunism. During the lesson, students were asked to draw conclusions by role-playing. School officials didn't clarify whether the incident will affect procedures for the publication of... I mean, people don't like to see people dressed up as the Nazis, do they? Why in a lesson, just to understand... Like, you don't need to... Dress up as a Nazi. Hitler tashies, do you? No, I can't see how it's of any use well, at that all. F- footage we watched once when we were researching Ponderland, of, mm. it was black and white and it was all kids and they were told they had to role play to learn about, I can't remember what it was, but the, the thing was that people over a certain age oh, yeah. were a burden on society and all the children just went, kill them! Yeah, that's right. It was a social experiment where children, to organise a society more effectively, saw that there was a disproportionate amount of medical expenditure on the elderly, and the children independently reached the conclusion, well, we'll simply just execute people over the age of 42. It's the simplest way to do things. They're like, oh, this kid's mad. Let's see what the next kid thinks. That guy was weird. And then they go, yes, I thought this through, and I think we should kill the old people. Do you think, is it? I'm afraid it's the cutthroat for you. (laughs) Off you go to Traitor's Cove. (laughs) Yeah, they all of them, they were, like, so children... Uh, I mean, I suppose it's perhaps only in adulthood that this level of altruism where we don't fling people into the old dungeons emerges. Also, I reckon if you'd have said to the kids, oh, right, so that means your nan and granddad. Yeah. They would have gone, oh, no. Oh, God, no. Oh, no, I rely on them for my lollipops. Yeah, I see what it is, is they didn't, they hadn't personalised it. Yeah. They saw it as an impersonal idea, and that's probably, all right, that's quite interesting, fair enough. Look, later on, we're going to very carefully and very gently and somewhat dominatingly talk to a dominatrix. But before that, why don't we listen to these adverts, and then we'll wrap up this glorious show, but there's still 20 minutes of glory left. Radio X. Russell Brand. You're right, Shan, are you right, Matthew? You've been okay, are you all right? Oh, yeah. you okay at home, oh, right. you're not lonely. Your wife quite away. a good cure 
for a hangover being live on the radio. Which snaps you out of it, does it? Out of your fugue, out of your malaise. adrenaline. Oh, the adrenaline. God, we're riding I did. What, I woke up this morning and just thought, I can't do this. Yeah. yeah the, I, that yeah, feeling we just yeah, think, how am I going to do this? Yeah, Is that what you think when you wake up and you come to see me? It's the only time we see each other in the week and you lay in bed thinking, I can't do this. Look at a picture of you online and go, I can't do this. No, I can't. No, not now. Not in this state. <laughs> no way. Not for you, not for anyone. It's been a fantastic show so far, and we've all learned a great deal. I'm sure if you look at yourself in the mirror right now, wherever you're listening, just take a moment and think, I am a better human than I was prior to Russ Manji beginning this radio show. Perhaps you're downtown Hal Brown, who's sending us this message. Can't wait for this interview with the Dominitriox. Rusty Rockets, what could possibly go wrong with Russell Brand talking to a person on the periphery? Let's think of what can go wrong. All right, then, then we can't do it. Yeah. I could say something weird and sort of um, possibly too infused with sexuality. Well, it sort of comes off the back of what she's like. Now, Pam Spur, she was quite... Fruity? Fruity. Fruity Pam. This lady might be... Well, she's Faith Fox, spelt with three X's. There's a photograph of her there and she's a well, woman. And now what we'll do is we'll put her onto the phone... <laughs> And see what happens, because we want to learn about what Findom is. You've been are, non-sexual. Are you... All right, I'll Yeah, yeah, non-sexual. non-sexual. Yeah. Faith, are you there, dear? Mate, pal? I am here. Faith, what, what is... I've got the questions written down. What is financial domination, Faith Fox? Well, there's quite a few different interpretations of financial domination. Um, for me, in my world, um, basically, men come to me from all around the globe seeking my attention and I have found that the less attention I'm willing to give away for cheap or free the more they want to pay for it. They want so, to pay for attention. No, lack of yeah. attention. Whatever you pay they want to, to pay for no attention. They want to be ignored. They're the opposite of the Stone Roses. It, it is in the men's uh, chemi- chemistry, I think, to want to provide for women, yeah. support yeah. them. So, there's lots of men out there that don't have women in their everyday life or time for them. And yes. And women like me, we're here for them. You go on the internet and, it, like, so say you, like, say I was a client now, what would happen? <laughs> you just ignore me. <laughs> yeah. I I'd go, Faith, how are you? you? <laughs> how was your morning? And you would just cut me, cut me, cut me no slack, ignore me, send me to Coventry, as we say here in the United Kingdom of Great Britain. Uh, pretty much. I do use a webcam. That's where a lot of my clients find me. I'm live in chat rooms. and um, Don't use this so to promote your webcam. are ready to flash their boobs and they throw nickels and dimes at them. And when I'm not interested in that... You don't... So what, at some point... more interested. Faith Fox. Faith Fox. Faith Fox. Yes. So they, at some point do they go, right, enough of this ignoring... Can we escalate it into something more conventional? Do you say, nope, I'm sticking with the ignoring? Uh, well, um, they'll have to start pushing buttons that make noises that is money. <laughs> That's the only way to get my attention. I bet the noise is, oh no, Mildred! <laughs> my mortgage! <laughs> so I say, no, money mortgage. No, How no, much no, money? No, how my mortgage. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It, mortgage means death grip. We know this. Mort, immortal, mortality, mortgage, death grip. Now, now Faith Fox, what, uh, how much uh, is it to stop the ignoring and send it into the territory of the more recognisable webcam phenomenon? 
Oh, wow. My rates usually start at $10 a minute, and on Tuesdays and Thursdays, $20 and $30. Why is it more on so a Tuesday really and Thursday? Up <laughs> Tuesday, those 30 are, quid. my favorite days. <laughs> so you up the rates on your favorite days? Oh. I up the rates, yes, because, well, I've been around the scene since 99, so there's so many men that want my attention. I've, I've given... Some of them special days, and then others that want to come in on those days, they have to pay for it. So this so far, we'd have spent 30 quid. We've had you on the line 30 minutes. You've, you've ignored me a bit, but you have been also quite hospitable and quite kind. You've really ignored Matt and G, that, and the two of them are in a frenzy, exactly. let me tell you now. <laughs> the pound's going down. The dollar's going up. Shooting up, and it's partly because of Faith Fox. Faith Fox, don't you sometimes feel a sense of compassion to the, the kind... Have they got a webcam on them as well? Um, sometimes they do. Mm. What are they doing? Mm, well, sometimes they sometimes they're they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Right, I, I know it. That that's not allowed. They're involved in a circle of sauce. <laughs> Let's call it a saucy circle. They're involved in I, a saucy circle. Yeah. They'll get fined. I will find them if they have something going on on their camera that I didn't ask to see. Right. <laughs> I understand, Faith Fox. This sounds to me like you're a moral crusader and you're helping to bring these, let's call them what they are, lovable perverts. <laughs> yes, so there you go. No, but I like your question. Does she ever feel sorry for them? Do you ever feel sorry for them? Do you think, oh, these people might be a bit lonely? Um, well, I get a lot of people that say they're college students and they're broke and they want free and I'm really interested in men that have established credit and they're older, so... Mm, the elderly. No, I don't feel sorry for them. I like... Uh, the men that usually come to me are loaded and they they have nothing better to do with their money. They're going to spend it somewhere. Well, I, would, well, I, th I think we should start directing these men towards charitable causes, Faith Fox. Um, I mean, you should, are you doing go right for money? How are you getting on? Well... Well, that's a great point that you make. And here is a little bit of my background. Go on. Where I take money from men. Yeah. Um, and that actually funds my everyday life. I personally donate over 520 hours a year to uh, two of the most largest global organizations on our planet. Well, that's not so good. Pepsi. Who what charities? Do you mean good charities, Faith Fox? Um, yeah, um, well... Uh, I hope he's not yeah. like sick children and then when you get there, help, you forget uh, what job you're doing and ignore them. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Faith Fox, to Great Auburn Street. What charities are they? What charities are they? What, one of the organizations helps people in disaster times. I will get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and leave my home Brilliant. to go help and make sure somebody needs what they need. I would not be able to do that if I wasn't fully funded by, Faith by Fox, men all around you the are the alchemist. You are an alchemist. You are turning people's perversions into acts of charity. You're turning yes. onanism into altruism. Faith Fox, you are a wizardess of kindness. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Faith Fox, for coming on the line and telling us how the raw material of How's Your Father can be turned into the, uh, the, the let's call it the sputtering love of altruism. Faith Fox, <laughs> thank you. You're Bye. welcome. There, I think that went well with Faith Fox, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, it did good. I did well. Person, yeah. we believe, didn't pay that much for that call. Do you believe that she gets up at three in the morning to go and help disaster Who victims? Who needs this three a.m. help from a disaster? And why would you need it always at three a.m.? I mean, look, I liked Faith Fox. She's I, nice.
She was nice. She was a nice person. But I think this is indicative of a world where there's too much money in yeah. the hands of certain people. Yeah, inequality. This th is inequality. They're literally paying someone to ignore them over the internet while they... I'll ignore them for free. I'm ignoring them right now. I mean, what, like, that, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's true, isn't it? We're so um, geared into pleasure... The, uh, the point in your life thinking, oh, God, I need to get ignored for an hour, blimey, instead of thinking, <laughs> yeah. you'd feel a lot better, I think, if I you were to I suppose they must be, kind. like, important CEOs and stuff who everyone jumps when they come in the room. So right. to them, going on the internet and her going, what? I'm not even listening. I didn't even go, hear that. I was too busy helping... <laughs> I was too busy helping drag someone out of an earthquake, mate. I weren't Imagine even listening. Imagine you could, like, get a get people to be, like, their perversion was watching homeless people queue up at a soup kitchen <laughs> and they were spending lots of money on soup. <laughs> be good, wouldn't it? Even if they watched it and... Why don't these CEOs try to bend their perversion round to helping people that need a bit of the I old help? I, was a rich, I, I imagine I met a rich CEO whose perversion mm. was helping me financially support myself and family. Matt Morgan's new film... That was his kink. Father Sexmas, where Father Sexmas <laughs> helps Matt Morgan to get special 3D glasses. Your rent, yes, please. Why don't you... your bank details? Or let me send you a few quid. Take your top off and send your lad to a nice school. Oh, my God! Get your wife a bouquet of flowers! Faith Fox with a triple X there. Well, I think It's all about foxes, this show. If you've noticed the theme developing, you have. It's called Foxes. That's the theme. Okay, now hold on. Let's, why don't we read a few of these internet communios? For example, Hi guys, says a person from Leicester called Jack. I just googled Zorilla and it does indeed look like a skunk. Apparently the names come from the Spanish word Zorro, which means fox. Ah, ah so it's Zorro a little bandito weasel thing. Zorro. Zorro, the... Uh... Yeah, him with the glasses on. You know, he wore those special glasses, didn't he? And he had a that No, he was a goodie. He was a goodie, but he, I think he sailed pretty close to the edge. I think he's a sort of an anti-hero type of guy, wasn't Robin he? Robin Hood right? figure. He's part of that archetype. Those people, that are, they're outlaws. They live on the edge. What are we? Sigmatas. Sigma. What are you? Sigma with... Beta traits. Mm, you didn't like that, like did you? Beta traits. I didn't like that. Gee, you're quite right about that. I bet that's going to wind up in a poem, isn't it? Bloody beta traits. Uh, no. Do you want to no, listen to a record? <laughs> All right, we'll put on a record, we'll cleanse the palate, and then we'll plough on to glory. Glory, I tells you. Russell Brand. Radio. X. What happened to the dog, then? Well, Jenny made the dog, mate. Are you all right? What happened? Did you tread on him? No. Oh. You all right, Bear? You all right, mate? He's a good boy. You listen to Russell Brand on Radio X. The dog made a sort of noise. He seemed a bit unhappy for a moment there. Yours and Russell Brand on Radio <laughs> X. That was the Kings of Leon, followed by the sound of a, do a dog in distress. And it was possibly... a dog on uh, attacking, wasn't it? Do you think so? Was he attacking Jenny? What did you do, Jen? Yeah, I asked him to go for a walk. You asked him to go for a walk? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. We got through Faith Fox fine, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, no problems at all. But the dog, different story. Okay, so we did a competition earlier uh, uh, to win tickets to see me on my UK Rebirth tour, and the winner is uh, someone called Edmund. Well done, Edmund. <laughs> no, Edmund was the answer to the question. What was the name of that fox what I rescued and sent to a little place called Tiggy Winkles to start a new life? And apparently his new life's going well. We spoke to um, that lady again, Francesca, and she said, actually, the fox has risen to the top and he's helping out with other animals and uh, he's been releasing some of the animals from the, their compounds, etc., etc. The winner is Lisa Fisher. Lisa, let us know where you want to come and uh, see me and we'll organise that. Thank you very much for getting it right. Not, did anyone... 
do the wrong answer of Felicity just for the... Some people manage to get it wrong, even though... How do you do that? If you're one of the people that did the wrong answer, this is one of those deliberately easy questions. You must have a look at yourself. I bet you answer that bloody quiz and then go straight on to Faye Fox and whistle your life away at £50 a minute. Silly soddery. Madness, isn't it? Absolute madness of Great Britain. You've seen this woman swallows seven grand during fight with husband. How did she do it? On an aeroplane, <clears throat> I think. There's a, there's a woman swallowed seven grand? Oh, no. During a fight with her. <laughs> you during, during a, a flight. flight. <laughs> oh, you silly ass! <laughs> <laughs> You've misread it, see? You're still a little bit drunk, aren't you? She, no. The 30-year-old Colombian woman told the local television channel she had saved up the money for a holiday with her husband, didn't want him to find it. She'd saved the money by selling several electrical household items. Doctors said they were able to surgically extract $5,700 bills from the woman's stomach and intestines. The uh, majority of the bills were ingested in an act of desperation. That is an act of desperation. How could it be an act of desperation that goes on for so long and includes having to go... (coughs) Sustained desperation. 57 times. I think a lot of marriages are run on swallowing (laughs) sustained desperation. And and a lot of desperation, quite frankly, because of a terrible lack of it. Now, why don't we... Many things have happened in this radio show. We've learned about a fox called Edmund. We've learned about Faithful. We've learned about, we've talked about the hierarchies, we've talked about Matt Morgan as a single parent. All manner of things has been happening. My wife hasn't left me, she's gone to America, she's coming back on Wednesday. (laughs) She's not coming back on Wednesday, Matt. This is it for you now. back on Wednesday. She's in the light, there will be no Wednesday reunion for you. Just plenty more drinking and solemnly staring out of windows. Now every single word of this has been heard by a man who knows how to convert low-form entertainment into high-form entertainment. That man is a poet. That man is Mr. G, Poet Laureate of the show. And here is a summary of all that's gone before from him. Mr. G, it's up to you. Okay, this poem is called The Call of Nature. When you're born into this world, you're usually greedy with a slap. A pessimist would say that it gets no better than that. An optimist would say, hey man, at least we're breathing. An alpha male still need air no matter what status they believe in. For nature autographs its own rules and no man can truly ever compete. So we fetishize our own domains where androids dream of electric sheep. Can all our foxes be saved from hellfire's hounds released today? Witness the children of the revolution non-consensually behave. Life teaches us all lessons, but know that we'll never ignore you here. Tune into our sustained desperation for a weekly cockadoodle in your ear. Radio X. Russell Brand.